I'm TK, your guide to the past as we uncover the people, events, and little-known facts hidden in the shadows of your old history textbooks. From empress baddies to activist profiles, turkey gods and the history of the toothbrush, tattoos, Pompeii peepees, and everything in between, you can find it all here. There's no telling how far we'll dig or how many historical facts we'll re-examine. No event is too small and no topic is too big because this is for the love of history. We are the History Boys. Thank you again for listening. I am Christopher Whedon, and I am building a mobile death ray out of my garage. <laughs> and uh, I probably shouldn't have said that out loud until my uh, my my schemes have been finalized. Uh, come to fruition. Fruition, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get uh, the government to do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tyler Armitrout. I am a history boy, and I have built the finalized button for schemes. And I'm keeping it from Chris so he, he never finishes his death row. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how am I going to make it work without the button? Yeah. How's it going to start? It's <laughs> true. I just keep on telling him. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll bring that finalized button over to your house. And I'm like, oh, dude, I forgot. I, I'll just do it next time. Yeah. I don't know how to make buttons. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I made a full death ray. Just no buttons. No attached buttons. it to the roof Not of my car. <laughs> but uh, uh, I can't start it. I am Zach uh, Mech, uh, also known as the Fine China in this uh, bull shop. Oh, yeah. Um, because I, I, I am dainty and delicate, and I only get used probably once every five years. It's uh, Christmas when the family comes over. Exactly. Yeah. The family's and not over. It's uh, paper hamburger plates. helper and paper plates. Goddamn yeah. right. And I'm a history boy. Nice. Yeah. And I am Jerry Nash, your humble history boy thank you so much for listening today we have a story that the last two stories have really been leading to it's all been leading up to this folks yes i'm very excited about this episode anyone that knows the history of the klondike gold rush has already realized that we've left out somebody that is probably the most infamous character is the yeti (laughs) (laughs) Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the, the most Himalayan. infamous. You mean Bigfoot? Yeah. 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 Most infamous character of the Klondike Gold Rush, and that person, Chupacabra. Is... <laughs> That's Puerto Rico. <laughs> Fuck. No, of course we are talking about Jefferson Randolph Smith, A.K.A. Soapy Smith. Ah, <laughs> right. A.K.A. the Uncrowned King of Skagway. Oh. Now, AKA the Wrath of God. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we get ripping into it, I, I have to ask was he the unnamed king of Skagway because he just hoarded all the soap? <laughs> and that's how he got his nickname? No. Uh, we're, we'll get into how he got his nickname. People called him, newspapers called him the uncrowned king of Skagway. And we're going to talk about that too. Much of what is known about Soapy is. Uh, Legend, and we'll get into a little bit into why why we think of him in the way we do today. Sounds so. like a real slippery character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like he was. I feel like if newspapers were like the way they're describing on the uncrowned king of Skagway, I would buy those newspapers. Right? Yeah. It's like they fucking two cell. It's like written by uh, 
J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Right. He's like, that I, soupy, soupy sales is a menace. I want sales. pictures of soupy sales. I didn't even say that on purpose. Yeah. It just came out soupy sales. Soupy sales. Uh, folks, we're going to be calling him soupy sales on accident more times than we... Most of the times it was on purpose up till now. By the way, has anyone seen And God Spoke, the, the mockumentary? Of course not. I, I want to I want to recommend this movie. It, it's a mockumentary about these guys that are making a movie about the Bible. They're turning the Bible into a movie, and it is so funny. Again, it's a mockumentary. Uh, there's some people that you'll you'll recognize. Some people that play themselves, like Lou Ferrigno and uh, Andy Dick or Kane and Abel. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, love that already. Uh, but uh, they're trying to get like a big name for Moses, and they're like talking to their casting director and she's like you're not getting brando and they're like what <laughs> they're like you're not like a soup you're an indie movie you're not yeah. gonna get brando and they're like what about de niro and like they keep throwing out like these a-listers she's like no 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 one wants to be in this they're like all right well who do we have and she goes soupy sales <laughs> and no shit soupy sales is in that movie playing Wouldn't himself playing soapy, Moses soapy smith king of the king of skagway <laughs> soapy smith soupy sales yeah there, there's a point in it where he's holding the ten commandments and they did a they did a product placement deal so he's also holding a six pack of coke but he's holding it and they're like Yes, very holy, Soupy. Very holy. Action. <laughs> when did this come out? 90s. Okay. Like mid, early to mid 90s. Because there's no say. way Soupy Sales is still alive. Can't, who, is he still alive? Soupy Smith know. is definitely dead. Yes. <laughs> They're both dead. I don't know. I don't know if Soupy... Uh, I got the coroner's soupy. report in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and God spoke. It's a fantastic movie. Especially if you've ever been on a film set. All of the different personalities are, are represented. Oh, what was and that it's other fucking like, hilarious. Steve Buscemi movie? Oh, oh, Living in Oblivion. Yeah. That movie is also great if you've ever worked on a film set. Yeah. Anyway, no, we're talking about Soupy Smith. Soupy. Soupy Smith. <laughs> you fucking assholes have already tripped me up. Got him. I said it on accident, too. Yeah. Chris started it. Yeah. Okay. The first mention of Soupy Sales. Yeah. Okay. And this I, entire podcast was, try- was an accident by me. I was me. trying to get. I was trying to get Soupy Sales out of the way. Soapy Smith. Soapy Smith. Anyway, Soapy was a con man, a gambler, a sure thing man, and the head of a powerful gang of cheats, thieves, pickpockets, thimble riggers, card sharks, grifters, and bruisers. What's a thimble rigger? I'll tell you. I'll tell oh. you here in a bit. <laughs> this sounds like my favorite group of people ever. Oh, yeah. dude. Oh, these guys? Yeah. Like old-timey grifters and oh, and they all have muscle great names. And... Mm-hmm. They have great names, too. They're like, just keep the entertainer playing on loop, because we got yeah. some stuff coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy in the bar. And they're just grifting and stealing all your shit. Yeah. He uh, paid off politicians and lawmen. He operated in broad daylight and created a criminal empire in Colorado before going north to Skagway, Alaska during the Klondike Gold Rush. And as I kind of said before, a lot of what we know about Soapy has become legend and myth. It, it reinforces this myth of the Wild West. So you know it's maybe mean? somewhat embellished, somewhat zhuzhed. Yes, in his not, favor. Well, not really in his favor, but but it to tell a good story yeah. of like redemption of the Wild West. That's what that's what the story of uh, Soapy has always sort of really been, 
And I'm going to, when we get to certain areas, I'm going to tell you where, all right, there's a few different stories that go with this. Well, this is pretty far into the West if we're doing uh, the Klondike. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, I would say it's the wiki, wild, wild, well, wild. The wild, wild <laughs> wiki. Jim, Jim West. Yeah. Northwest. Desperado. Well, <laughs> Rough Rider. Well, at, <laughs> no at, tomorrow. <laughs> well, at the time of the late 1800s, early 1900s, the West had been tamed. You know, the Wild West was pretty much over. It was coming to a fast end, you know. So the only real, you know, frontier was, was Alaska. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and the gold rush. It came with that and it sort of died with that, too. All the gassy dudes who like to eat beans out of a can, they had to go up there. Yeah. So oh, they could fart. Oh, yeah, so they could, <laughs> they could fart and not get fart. judged. Technically, Skagway is further right west away. than any part of the continental United States. It is true, yeah. So Jefferson Randolph Smith II Whew. was born on November 2nd, 1860 in Coweta County, Georgia. I think you're going to say Kuwait. No, Coweta County. I believe it's Coweta County. That would have been weird. Georgia. His family was rich and extremely influential. Uh, his father was an attorney. His grandfather was a plantation owner. Of course he of was. Of course. And a Georgia legislator. Mm. Uh, so you know, especially back in those days, this is just before the war. He owned human beings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know that being a Georgia legislator, he was somebody who voted for succession, yeah. you know, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. After the war, his family was financially devastated uh, by the war because, you fuck know. Him. Yeah, seriously. They're like, we don't <laughs> have free them. labor anymore. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. They didn't Wait, have any What money. about small businesses? Come on, man. I thought I thought we were genius business owners, and now that we don't get free labor, we're not. our margins are razor thin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a lot of innovators. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, you know, anyway. So they moved west to Texas. Jeff's family did. There's a story, and again, everything we know about Soapy, sometimes these stories, you never really know exactly what's true, but it's a story. So there's a story that uh, when Soapy was a child, he witnessed the Texas Rangers shoot and kill the the infamous train robber, Sam Bass. Mm. And, like, there's this whole thing, like, Sam Bass came out like the... The Rangers were there, and he's like, I'm here. You know, like they had a shootout or whatever, yeah. and they shot him. Jeff Smith was there with his cousin, like, watching the whole thing. And he waved to the to the Texas Ranger, and he said, I think you got him. <laughs> like, with a smile, you know. Yeah. I mean, there was no TV, so, like, naturally. Watch like, somebody get murdered. Yeah. Well, shot no, it's killed. like literally watching Bonanza back then. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching Rawhide or Bonanza or, you know, yeah, what, you, whatever. Yeah, this is watching somebody actually die. Well, life was cheaper back then. <laughs> I've seen. It's, right. it's weird that if you go back farther and there's less people, life seems to be cheaper. Didn't they all used to, like, when somebody was, like... Hanged or like their head cut oh, off. Oh, people showed up. Yeah, showed up in the, for that in the towns. It was like it was oh, like yeah. a, it was a like a blockbuster. Oh yeah, yeah people yeah. sold tickets. <laughs> yeah. Now most of Jeff's family went on to have long and respectable careers in law, politics, and things like that. But Jeff was different, and I mean he had a respectable, what you would call a respectable career, meaning one that was not one of crime. But he hated cow punching so much that he quit in the middle of a drive. He was a cow puncher. Yes, do you know what cow punching is? Uh, it's that... when you walk up to a cow and you punch him right in the fucking face. <laughs> the things they said. 
for 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 perceived indiscretions. I like. I'd imagine because they don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Perceived they speak, transgression. You take all. You take all the things you feel that the world. You, you project them onto a cow. Yeah, you yeah. project them onto a cow, and you just unleash it. As we and all, somehow all know, cows only <coughs> speak Mandarin. And yeah, he right. didn't speak Mandarin. Yeah, no cow punching is is. He was a cowboy. He was driving cattle, basically. Okay. Right. So that's just a colloquialism of the time. You're cow punching. You're you're, cow- you're driving cattle. It's more like suggesting the cows go this way, but that doesn't sound very sexy. So you're a cow puncher. Well, it's you know, cow it's suggesting. A cool, it's a cool way to say, I have one of the most common jobs of the era. <laughs> it's like sure. burger flipper. Yeah, it's it's like taking uh, fry the, cook. Excuse me. It's taking yeah. the most extreme responsibility with your job and making it your whole job in the title. Yeah. It's like uh, you're not a cop. You're you kill black people. <laughs> oh yeah it's oh, a real statement of our times yeah. <laughs> jeff was just to kind of give you a description of what this guy looked like he was 5 8 which was normal for the time and i'm taller than that 140 pounds okay i'm way right. heavier than that <laughs> he's already looking like me yeah yeah and he had a coal black beard to hide his youth Oh hi! Yeah, what's up? Oh. He looked a lot like Zach in a lot of ways. Honestly, he he was kind of a dark, handsome. Uh, oh, you do go was, on. Yeah, <laughs> dark, handsome kind of guy that was sort of you know skinny and. We're gonna need to change your face on the logo. And he, he so uh, yeah, yeah. Am I the prettiest history boy now? I think that, you are. You always <laughs> think might be true. Yeah. Uh, but I I've always been the ugliest, and I. Hold that. Hold That's that only because you really lean into it. Chris. I'm working you, you on want... it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Chris wants wants that title. That's why I've been growing my facial hair like this. <laughs> uh, Cover up that pretty face of yours. Yeah, he, I was too beautiful yeah. for this world. Yeah, he got sick of everyone jerking off when they saw you. <laughs> <laughs> Just pulling that. <laughs> I'm gonna spit my beer out. <laughs> Like ah oh, again, <laughs> hey, guys, stop it! You know how many puns I saw on my way here. <laughs> I am but a man. Put away your penises, please. Put away your puns. For I am but a man. And if, and if any of you ladies want to jump in their plate, no, okay, no, well that's no. never happened. No. I guess it's just the dudes. Just the dudes. It's yeah. only dudes with their gross ass flaccid puns just tugging on them. Just public in front of me. This happens every day in my come, life. Come on. Well, come on, get a heart, There's people please. watching, man. They're begging their... It really doesn't help, though, that uh, Mata Hopple's All the Young Dudes is playing in the background everywhere you walk into. You know? Yeah, that is weird. That yeah. would get tiring. Yeah. Okay. I like That's that actually the worst part. Okay, 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 okay. okay. All right. Handsome dude looks kind of like Zach. I get it. Oh, that's what we're talking... He didn't have the long hair. So he, didn't hair. Have the... he wore. Uh, he did wear all black... And a, and a black hat. Like a black uh, a flat brim hat. I, I okay, po- you're, you're just describing way, me right now. I want to point out, three out of four of us were all black right yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, back then, all black meant virtuousness. Almost like a priest. That's why I wear all black. Yeah. So for the mean, children, come unto me. It didn't mean, yeah, I don't know, what, whatever it's come to mean. I, I, I wear mostly badass. gray because it's kind of like uh, wearing off-white on your wedding day, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like kind of virtuous. I like yeah. gray, too. Yeah. I'm a, I, specifically charcoal. Charcoalman. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I fancy myself a charcoalman. Yeah. Jeff realized at an early age that people just trusted him. He had this demeanor where people just 
took to him easily. He he spoke well. He spoke intelligently. And they just naturally trusted him. And he knew that he could take advantage of people as long as he was naturally this way. Yeah. He could naturally speak intelligently about nearly anything or make it seem like he did. People would just buy it, you know? It's it's such a way to go that you could be like, well, people just trust me. I should be like, I don't know, in a position where I can help people. Or people just trust me. I should fuck all these people. <laughs> yeah, I should take advantage of them. Yeah. yeah, I should ruin their lives in every way possible and take everything I can from them. Yeah. Uh, the story goes, uh, is when he left that drive, uh, he wandered on his horse until he heard the faint sound of a calliope in the distance. Been there. Yeah. And he was like, what's that? And he, and he goes and he goes and he goes and he finds a traveling circus. Mm -hmm. And now the, the events, the events in a lot of these stories about Soapy Smith can sometimes get jumbled up. Yeah, so dude, I'm gonna, this, I'm gonna, this is like Big Fish. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, is. it <laughs> really is. That's a great is. way of putting it. Uh, so, so there's, there's a couple of different ways it could have gone, and I've heard it in every single way that it can be heard. Do in. Anyway. any of these versions include a giant man? Sort of. <laughs> yes! Okay, you'll see. Okay, so he found the circus, right? And that is true. He did find a circus. But whether or not this first thing either happened at all, or whether or not it, it happened first, or happened after, whatever. He met a huckster, and the huckster scammed him out of, like, 50 bucks. Nice. Now, Jeff wasn't mad about it. Instead, he was like, wait a minute. You can just do that? This is a teaching like, I'm out moment. Here, yeah. yeah, I'm out here driving <laughs> cattle in the fucking sun in Kansas... And you can just scam people? And he's like, this is fucking dope. Maybe I'm just going to scam people. Being a grifter back then was romantic. Yeah. They'd ca if they caught you, yeah, you get caught. But I feel like there's a certain amount of respect that's had. You know who I would have him Afterwards. Him? Matt Berry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was yep. going to say you and McGregor, but that's better. I, I do like a Matt Berry Soapy Smith. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. But with this full British yeah. accent. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> He looks nothing like Soapy. I but... hail from Georgia. <laughs> Georgia! Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. But I was the most handsome man. <laughs> I was the most handsome man in all of Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. All of us talk this way. Oh, what is it? Uh, Tucson, Arizona. 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 California. Yeah. Uh, Henry VIII. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't mad about it, and, and when he went to the circus, he like started like making friends with the circus people. You know, he wasn't there to have fun. He was there to, like, I want to, like, get in with these guys. So he became friends with a thimble rigger mm -hmm. named Clubfoot Hall. God, I love these people. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Now, Clubfoot Hall got that name because... He got Clubfoot and Hall? Uh, he had a club foot, and that was his last name. Oh, <laughs> I thought he was a super sick DJ back in those days. Clubfoot, you know? Well, he, he was messing up the mix with his club foot on the turntables. Just <laughs> He's that. like, oh, this is clumsy. <laughs> yeah, this, right. this is a clumsy Honestly, foot. probably could have gotten to music if he had ever met Clubfoot Oats. Nice. That was a good one, Chris. That fucking came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I feel like I didn't fully appreciate that yeah. joke until the time had actually You're passed. Like, where, where is he going? Wait, 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 oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> now, a thimble, thimble rig 
Any mm-hmm. guesses as to what thimble rig is? It's a rigging of it's a, a game. card game. It's a game. Is it the... It's a th- yes. Yes, it is. I'm doing a gesture. You can't see it. It's the cup game? Yeah. For the folks at home. It's the cup game with a ball. Yeah. So yeah. back, back, back. I'm in the doing day, a gesture. You can't see it's it. It's like three podcast. card Monty kind of. Three card Monty is the card variation of thimble rig. Thimble yeah. rig. You have a thimble. You have three thimbles, and you have a pea or a or a kernel. So it's little. Corn. It's a little version. It's a little version. <laughs> and you have easier a, to hide the pea. Yeah. I'm doing gestures this whole time. Yeah. You mix it around. at home, imagine so, I have cups in my hands and I'm moving them around. Three the three cups, you know what? You yeah. all know what I'm talking about. Well, three you cups put a ball, ball underneath it. Yeah. You're moving them around. Well, doing that gesture with my, my hands. Days, I've been doing it for ten minutes now. In the old days, it was thimbles and it was either a pea or a kernel of corn. Well, this is because uh, tables were a lot smaller because of the People were smaller back then. <laughs> People were smaller. People were smaller, tables were smaller. <laughs> you could drink out of a thimble no. back then. I, I mean, Soapy no. Smith was the tallest man at that point in time. Yeah. No. He no. was no. the giant you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but by this time, it, it had become the shell game because you would take walnut shells and hide a pea or a... Kernel they just keep getting underneath. bigger and bigger over time. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to have like... It's three big gulp cups. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what I'm thinking. With tennis balls yeah. in them. So that's what, 3264... If I could get some sort of cup that a volleyball could fit in, yeah. then yeah. I'd be you really... You five-gallon ga- five buckets and volleyballs. And I got big old hands. <laughs> 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 yeah. Clubfoot Hall, uh, he taught... Soapy how to, and he's not referred to Soapy at this point, I just keep calling him that, but he taught Jeff how, the, the sleight of hand, on how to hide hide the kernel of corn, or the pea, or the ball, or whatever it was, and, and place it wherever you wanted during the course of one of these games. Mm-hmm. I, I want to point out one thing that we should have just considered before recording this episode. So, <laughs> him growing into Soapy Smith... <laughs> Would have been a good move because once you say Soapy Smith, then you say he's Jeff. Yeah, right. It's yeah. a huge. There's a gulf between Soapy Smith and Jeff that yeah. I can't mentally fill that void with. Well, well, so, so we will. What, 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 what we will hear doing, soon. Uh, another uh, what we do in the shadows reference. Jeff. Jeff. What does she say? It's like a like uh, uh, your uh, mouth. Uh, isn't that that guy's like yeah, Jeff yeah. Suckler? She's like a, she's like Suckler. She makes yeah. this face. Right. Like Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. It's it's like a, a a not very good orgasm. Just, <laughs> well, she does this. <laughs> she does this like disgusting. Sorry, look. Jeff's at home. Yeah. It's like a failed orgasm. Jeff. How I've been connecting Soapy Smith and and Jeff. Jeff Smith, Soapy Smith. Jeff Daniels as Soapy Smith. Oh. Boom. He has too light a hair. I know he's got too he's light a hair. But he's got but, a wig in this scenario. But he's got oh, a wig. Oh, it, it's he's a got very a black bad wig. <laughs> but I see. It's like, it's, like, okay. uh, it's like Danny DeVito's wig when oh, he wears yeah. it in uh, Always, <laughs> always sunny. sunny. Yeah, it's yeah. Sunny. To really make this scam work, because just to play the game, you know something's fishy going on. But in order to make it work, you'd have a shill. And that's just somebody that's on your side, on yeah. your team. Is that where the word shill comes from? Yeah, yeah. A shill is somebody that's on your team that's posing as a normal uh, person. They go, I can't yeah. stop winning. Yeah, exactly. And they keep choosing right. Oh, and they're like, Clinton. I've mm-hmm. doubled my money. You know, like things like that. So like other people are like, what? He doubled his money. And then yeah. you have other shills that have been watching and they're like, get in here. You got to start betting. You're going to double your money too. And they're like, well, I better start, you know. And anyone who's actually legitimately playing the game is called a mark. Mm. Yeah. So. One born every minute. Yeah. 
I, I love the world of grifting so much. Yes. I know. <laughs> Old timey grifting is it's, just. It, there's something there's that's so much just, in it. It's, yeah, dude. There's so much more to come. This is this is how he learned how to become a grifter. It's amusing. I want to watch comedic. this movie. Oh yeah. By nature of its existence. Yeah. <laughs> Smith moved around a lot, and he would sell cheap jewelry. He dealt three card monte, and you know he che- cheated people at the shell game too. But it would never last long because you'd run out of marks. You know. So you gotta move on, otherwise people start getting wise. Yeah, of course. You know, and he'd been run out of town a couple of times <laughs> on a rail. I mean, not on a rail, but he had to run away in a hurry. If it was on a rail, Jerry would let us know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The first time I I find somebody who actually was run out on a rail, You're I will so let you excited. know. I will. Yeah. I only know it from <laughs> O Brother Burrett, though. Yeah. I mean I, the phrase, but it happens in O Brother. It ha- it actually happens legitly in uh, legitimately in O Brother Burrett, though. This is where Jeff became a confidence man. Ah. Because a confidence man takes the marks into their confidence, right? They have confidence in him and trust him, right? So confidence man is usually shortened to... Con Con man. Con man, exactly. And sure thing man just means... It's the same thing as a confidence man. A sure thing man just means somebody who's not going to bet on anything unless it's a sure thing that they're not going to lose. All right. So it's a con man. Yeah. But sure thing, man. It, it was a, a popular colloquialism of the time. Yeah, I got you. I can get behind it. Now Now I just want to watch The Great Pretender. Yeah. On Netflix. It. On Netflix. Yes. I tried watching it, and there were subtitles, and I threw my TV out the window. You know, in Snatch, and, yeah. and like those... Uh, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie films, films. Like, they're doing three-card Monty. Like, that kind of stuff still exists. Never play those, guys. Yeah, why would anybody? Yeah, seriously. You're yeah. a real sucker if you, you play those. Have you ever seen it? portrayed in media where it's like on the up and up uh they're they're wrong yeah they're wrong it's never happened that yeah i mean it's always a scam notice that they always play it on the ground too and you're always standing up yeah you know you can hide a lot of stuff if you're down below there's there's jerry but you need to understand i know a guy and we could easily triple our money yeah 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 yeah. like you're a shill (laughs) yeah i'm sure if anyone ever tells you that no this is not the case they're a shill. They're working for somebody else. There's one guy in, like, Denver, Colorado. His name's Dale Jones. And he's like, I run the world's only honest game of three-card Monty. I haven't won any money yet. I'm broke. Yeah. Yeah. My wife wants me to stop, but... I, I know the illegal ways to play the game. I don't prefer them. I play it yeah. a solid I'm an honest, way. I'm an honest, yeah. I'm an honest businessman. Apparently my hands just aren't quite quick enough yet. I uh, hope to get there someday. I'm getting older by the minute. He spent his entire <laughs> retirement trying to learn how to play the game. It's like getting older by the minute. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's like this old... It's like... Very frail. (laughs) But it was his most famous scheme, however, that granted Jeff his famous moniker. The scheme was the prize soap scheme. Oh, he's going to steal that soap. Jeff would go to a town and he would set up his tripe and keister. Do you guys know what a tripe and keister is? No. I mean, I've had tripe and it's delicious. But so, so y'all, y'all and know. I met John Keister. Intestines yeah, and butt. No, but yeah, <laughs> but no, okay. So you've all seen the movies of the old west where you got a guy and he has a wagon 
and he unbuckles some things and he pulls it out and it folds out to be like this this like stand stage thing. Yes. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And he's like, step right up, step right up. That is a tripe in Keister. Oh. And that is what Soapy is doing. Oh, okay. I like or Jeff, I guess, at this point. You go there, you upgrade Jeff. all your guns so you can fight zombies yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get to the point where we don't call him Jeff anymore. Otherwise, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna puke. We're, we're getting there. So, he, he would he would open up his stripe and keister, and he would have all these bars of soap. Bunch of bars of soap. And, and wrappers. Step, and he would step right up. Step right up. And he would sell the audience first on just the quality of the soap. This soap is, is the best soap. You know what I mean? Donald Trump style. It's yeah. the best. You won't believe it. Believe me, I know. It, it, it's been made from the fattest yeah. man's. And anyone... <laughs> it's like any, Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and any motherfucker that says, it's the best, believe me, I know, they're just trying to sell you something in any... Like, it's been well documented. Shape, yeah, I in have any very shape, big hands. Any shape or fashion, somebody who says, believe me, I know, and all that stuff, trying to sell you something, you know what I mean? They're not to be trusted, anyone that speaks that way. Anyway, so he's selling these bars of soap, and he sweetens the deal. And what he does is, is he tells the audience, I'm, I'm going to put $100 bills and $50 bills in random bars of soap that I have. Ah, nice. And, and to, to sweeten it further, he'd be like, is there anyone out here that is down on their luck and needs money? And somebody would shuffle forward, usually a shill, but sometimes not, because sometimes it was the cost of of, uh, of running your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, so yeah. sometimes somebody would shuffle forward, and he would hand him a twenty dollar bill. Back then, long a lot of money, right? Yeah, hundred dollars, yeah. fifty dollars, twenty. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah. So he would he would do it just to just to okay, this guy's serious, right? He's actually giving money away. And he goes, now, I have a dilemma, ladies and gentlemen, I can't just you know, give, give these to you. So in order to be fair, let's auction them off. So he auctioned off these bars of soap, which in reality are probably worth about five cents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But he was auctioning them off for, you know, they would go for $40, $10, like incredible. And that's their time. Yes. In incredibly inflated prices. And, of course, the people that, you know, it would get all the way up to, like, 40 or 50 bucks, the person who won would be a shill. Yeah. And they'd, I won, I won, I won. And he'd come up there and he'd get the bar of soap, he'd unwrap it, and he had the $100 bill in there. See, ladies and gentlemen, it's that easy. You know, he, you know, now he's, he has a bunch of money. And now a good bar of soap as well. And as, like, the bars of soap dwindled and the, the bills had not been found yet the price started to skyrocket right because they want to of be course. the last one to well, get one of them exactly them bills. It, it, yeah. it's a regular uh dogecoin crypto yeah. situation and and he would put like one dollar bills and five dollar bills in some of them as a cost of doing business so randos could find those Okay. You know, and be like, see, he's not lying i got it you know he's a genius so okay so check this out when i was in the fifth grade I tried this scheme one time. Uh, inadvertently, I did not know this story. Soapy Nash. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> I tried this story. So it was uh, in fifth grade. Uh, we had career day. Cool. And uh, you were supposed to like in our class. We had entrepreneurs. You were supposed to be an entrepreneur. So me and my buddy uh, Logan Salatki, hope he's listening. I had this idea. I was like, okay, we're we're gonna have Rice Krispie treats, 
and we're going to sell them for a quarter. You know, fifth grade, a sure. quarter. In a couple of them, there's going to be 50 cents, you know? Mm. And it was like, okay, so you try to buy them, try to get the 50 cents. Might get one for free. It was a scam, yeah. right? It was a scam. Logan, of course, let somebody look at all of them, mm. and that person actually got, got the money, and I was like... I was. I remember being so mad. I was like, you... "That's not how a scam works." <laughs> you know? God damn it, Logan! We're we're trying yeah. to teach kids about capitalism yeah. right now. Yeah, like exactly. you fucked it all up. Yeah, gimmicks and scams, man. We have folks. Uh, at some point in time, this podcast is going to become a scam. <laughs> yeah. Jerry's going to be the architect of it, and uh, and we're all the shills. Uh, Zach and Chris and myself are the shills. Anyway, and on that point, you, uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash history boys podcast. Uh, you can sign up for our Discord for as cheap as a dollar. By the way, I, I just want to say in this time, uh, $40 would have been about $1,000. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And $100 would be about. For a bar of soap. Yeah. $100 would be about $2,500. Yeah. 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 $2,500. Yeah. So they're not losing any money, by the way. Yeah. Like those 50s and 100s. You know, but giving somebody two, 20 shows. bucks, that's 500 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep, that's, that's crazy. But you'd end up making all of it back tenfold by auctioning mm-hmm. off so the bars of soap. Spend money to make money. Yep. Yeah, and so as people are starting to like catch on, they'd be like, hey, this is a this is a gaff, this is a rigged game. He'd be like, he would act indignant, and he'd be like, well, I guess no one here wants any of my soap. And he'd pack up his tripe and keister and get the fuck out of yeah. there. Because it was a scam, you know? Yeah, like, like, he, he absolutely knew what the fuck was going on. People like, have yeah, bought it. Time still, to go. But you know there's still those people like, oh, man, you run him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're running off. This guy's going to give us all this money. And then meanwhile, it's like you, you show up and then people just start yelling dirty pool at you. Yeah. Dirty this- pool, dirty pool shenanigans. Everyone starts getting out broomsticks. Well, then if they, if they, do, it, if they do get their torches and pitchforks out, if they do, like, get real mad... His shills would be like muscle men oh, to protect nice. him. You know, he learned that from Clubfoot Hall. Yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. Why is it Channing Tatum that always wins? Yeah. <laughs> Some hey, dude with a hey, hey tiny, I need your back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, lifting those old timey barbells that are round. They got handlebar mustaches yeah. and onesies. Oh, the the, the, the total pugilists. Off, yeah. off of one, one pugilists, pugilists, pugilists. Yeah. Off of the one Pugilist. shoulder oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> steak and eggs. Yeah, <laughs> steak and eggs. Do you like my giant tricycle? <laughs> now, legend has it. There's no proof of this, but it's the story. Is that he was arrested for the soap scam, and the officer, when he was booking him, forgot his first name. So when he was booking him, he just wrote down Soapy Smith. Jeff didn't really like the moniker, but it stuck. It totally stuck, so whatever. Crow doesn't help his soap scam. Yeah. If he's yeah. named Soapy. <laughs> right? <laughs> or maybe they're just like, this guy loves selling soap so much. Well, yeah. it sounds like if his name is Soapy, the fact that it's stuck... He didn't call himself Isn't as soapy. bad as it would be if it stunk. Yeah. He didn't call okay. himself Soapy. But he would tell people, oh, you lost... Sorry, you didn't get the bar of soap with a hundred in it. At least you have a good bar of soap. Yeah. <laughs> were, were the bars I mean, of soap good? That. Were they at least I, good? I guess so. I mean, it was soap. I mean, you yeah. know, how bad could soap be? Yeah, yeah. They, they made it from liposuction <laughs> fat. Right, yeah. Yep. 
It was probably just it was just run of the mill soap that him and Tyler Durden stole. Yeah, right. Turns out they were the same person. Yeah, it turns out Sophie Smith and Jeff are the same person. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Something I kind of forgot to mention is kind of before the soap scheme, he he was just kind of wandering around selling cheap jewelry and like trinkets and stuff. And like this is worth a ton. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He would convince people it's worth more than it is. Well I'm sure there's people who are like costume jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. This will be great for all my disguises. It's like when I was selling those uh, those candy diamond rings with the big old what do they call them? Like suck 'em fucking rings. Oh Oh, I have have a story for you. Ring pops. I'm not gonna mention any names. This is so this is really funny because my parents do listen to our show. Yeah. I, I don't think that my parents will have any issue with me sh- sharing this story, but there there was this uh, friend that my parents had back in the day, and he told them, like, he sat him down, and he goes, you guys, I I really uh, I, I really care about you guys, you know, you've meant a lot to me, and uh, I just, I want to get you in on this uh, investment. And he's like, I, yeah, and he goes, I, I have, I've come into... Uh, an assortment of jewels. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, an assortment of jewels. And uh, he goes, you know, it's worth a lot of money. And he like shows them and they are plastic beads. <laughs> like, and my dad straight up, like in the middle of what he's saying, he goes, dude, this is a plastic bead. I can see the hole through it. <laughs> and, and all this guy did is he just shrugged. <laughs> He was trying to rip him off. He was. How fucking stupid. He was a meth head. Uh, he was a meth head. Uh, yeah. yeah. Without the meth, the guy is a decent dude. He's, but but a lot of know. meth heads. Yeah, that's yeah. A, I mean that's a tragic route to go down. It is. Yeah. I, they have my sympathy because I like. Not uh, easy. He's a complicated guy, but yeah. desperate meth doubt huckster because <laughs> their schemes are like. Pretty much bonkers. Trying to sell plastic beads yeah. as jewels. I yeah. mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, desperate methods. That's like a really fun version of Breaking Bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm the author of, of several... Soapy was tired of moving around, so when he arrived in the mining boomtown of Denver, Colorado, mm. what he saw was a lot of prospectors. And the thing is with prospectors, something that he knew, is that prospectors, in order to be a prospector, you have to have a lot of faith in something that is unsure, right? So they're the most optimistic people, and they're, in turn, some of the most gullible people. Gamblers with grit. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, they're, they're, they're people that are willing to go after something that isn't yeah. sure. And Soapy... He's a sure thing man. Mm-hmm. He's not like them. He's a sure thing man. Yeah. So he goes, oh, this is ripe for the picking. <laughs> you know. So he goes to Denver, and he gathered the rougher elements of the sporting world. Now, the sporting world is gamblers. People that play roulette and poker and pharaoh. And uh, we've talked, I think, in private about pharaoh. Yeah, it's, it's a card game. It's a card game. Right. It's, it's basically craps with cards. Okay. You have you you play with one deck of cards, and you have a printed board with all the cards on it, right? And as the dealer turns over a card, you bet on what the next card's going to be, right? Right. And you can bet on whether or not that, like, if I do an eight of hearts, you can bet on whether or not you're going to have a higher or lower card. 
You can bet on suits. You can bet on all sorts of Blacker, stuff. Blacker, redder cards. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can bet on all that stuff. All uh, right. And it was the most popular game in the Old West. Like, when, when people are playing cards, most of the time, nine times out of ten, they're playing Pharaoh. They're not playing poker. I used to play Hilo Red Black with, like, friends yeah. as a drinking game. Yeah. If the money version is any equivalent to the version mm. I played, you'll get really drunk. Well, well, <laughs> well. The thing is, is uh, it's naturally the game itself is just naturally uh, stacked to the house yeah. to the dealer. So there's a lot of people back in these days that that's how they made their living. They were a faro dealer. If they need to pick up some cash, it's a lot like being an Uber driver or or an or Uber Eats driver, like yeah. what Chris is doing. You can pick up some extra cash it's by being it. a faro dealer. Right. It's it, a it's an easy game to rig. Super easy to rig. Because all you need is a gaff deck. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get one of those gaff decks at the fucking uh, con store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get some weighted dice while you're there. Yeah. A flim flam hat that's got a, yeah. I don't know, tulip and a well, rabbit soap, inside. Well, soapy hat, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, you got all these rougher people of the sporting world together. And he put together a loose confederation of cheats and thieves, bunko men, which just means a cheat or a thief, but they called them bunko men back in the day. <laughs> I like it. And sure thing men and street toughs and outlaws and flim flam men and con man, all answering to Soapy. You know what I mean? He, he built like this empire, right, of, of criminals. And he paid off lawmen and he provided like Tammany Hall style like politic muscle to some of the politicians of the time to help get them elected. And that would of course give them political shelter, you know, against anything that was trying to chase him. It's like a grifters running everything. Yeah. So like they would help stuff ballot boxes, intimidate voters, like things like that. You know what I mean? Like to, to make sure their candidate won. And when they realize it's all <laughs> false, they just like pull up a single rolling screen that's the entire town, and then they like <laughs> the town and like a fucking I don't know. They have like a cart, well, well clanks on it. Well, Soapy, I mean, Soapy stayed in Denver for like ten years, which is nuts. Yeah, grifting people, just grifting people. Uh, him and his gang, grifting the shit out. I, of him. I, I just appreciate the fact that that's his form of diversifying his assets. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. It's just finding <laughs> he, new new and exciting grifts. Well, and what he would do, he, he would also uh, muscle his way into, like, owning controlling shares in businesses. He would point a gun at somebody, not him personally, but one of his toughs, yeah. would, like, point a gun at somebody and make them sell, you know, a share of their business to Soapy so he could own it, you know? So he became, like... That's a solid business. Con controlling... Yeah. <laughs> he, he became, like, controlling interests in a lot of these dance halls and saloons and opera houses. Give me some shares! <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, you know, at, at the end of a gun, if you know? If they didn't, he'd send some of his Zing Zang men or Flint <laughs> Flint Flint Boys or whatever. <laughs> come, Dum Dum Dugan will come They'd in a box your ears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is you're not that far off, honestly. You're really not. Like, that's pretty much exactly what was going All these fucking rodeo clowns yeah. fucking tumbling in to fucking beat your ass. It's not far off from the truth, man. That's the funniest part about this. <laughs> and his gang would, would become to be known as the Soap Gang. And they became extraordinarily powerful in Denver. It's like Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. 
the soap gang. When they become, uh, you know, the trash and shit. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, he had he had uh, ruining so, those uh, those cassette tapes. Yeah. <laughs> the magnets. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. That doesn't make any sense in modern context. Not anymore. No, they just burnt books. Yeah. Book books that were anti-grifting. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them the truth. Yeah. There was Reverend John Bowers. Uh, he was a grip man. He dressed like a holy man to gain the Mark's trust. Reminds me of the... You remember the guy in Red Dead 2? The, the Reverend? Mm-hmm. I think that was, was him. Te- that was him. Like, he was an actual Reverend, though, technically. Well, yeah, but that's like this guy. All the time. That's this guy. Yeah. Uh, so that guy in Red Dead is basically John Bowers. I wonder if he's based off of him. There may I, be something I there. would not be surprised. And, and what John Bowers would do, you know, he would gain their trust by being a holy man. And he would, like, go to the next town over and ride the train back to Denver. And he would meet people on the train and, you know, gain their trust that way. And another thing he did is he memorized all of the secret handshakes and greetings of all these fraternal orders. You know, masons, all that stuff. So nice. if he saw somebody with, like, a Masonic ring or something, he could, like, greet them in the way. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's a brother now. He's a brother. And so, like, he'd get off the train in Denver, and he's like, look, I got I got a proposition for you. He'd bring them to, like, a rigged card game or a rigged game where he's like, you can double your money, you know, and all this stuff, and he'd get cheated, right? This is every facet of existence that I think is awesome. Yeah. In one story. <laughs> yeah. It is. Dude, and it just gets better. To be honest, speaking of Red Dead, Soapy reminds me of, uh, remember Trelawney? Yes, 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 exactly, yes, because he had the tripe and keister, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was that guy, he was only kind of like, like, part of the group sometimes, but like. No, he was a flim-flam man, he was a Mm. confidence man. Yeah, any of those types of guys, that's Soapy. But Soapy became head of this, like, gangster empire. But yeah, like, they would lead them, like, (sighs) later on in the story, I'll just tell you the story now, but later on in this story... Uh, John Bowers would, you know, when they were in the Klondike, he would ask a guy like, hey, I'm trying to get out of the Klondike. The thing is, is like I bought a small amount of land and I'm looking to sell it for cheap. And he would get the person off the train and he goes, why don't you come over and look at it with me? You know, you can decide on the price, you know, and this person has a pocket full of money, Mm -hmm. you know, and you get him back to the place and there's a dude in there. With a shotgun and a fucking mask on, and he holds him up. And John Bowers is like, oh no, don't rob us. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, he robbed them both, but of course, you know, this guy's on their team. Right. So he robs them, and, you know, John Bowers has to be like, well, you know, since you don't have any money anymore, I have to sell it to someone else. Oh, jeez. But they would always lead him into stick-ups, lead him into rigged card games, lead him into little scams and stuff like that. All these guys are going to hell. Oh, yeah. If there, is, <laughs> if there ever was such a thing, they're going directly there. Yeah, yeah. Because he'd be like, you're a mason. Hey, here's yeah. the secret handshake. Sleep, slap, What's up, you? brother? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And they call, to this day, like, they call each other brothers. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's, 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 it's something I probably will never understand. There was the professor... Turner Jackson, and the professor, he actually knew stuff about uh, geology, and he could speak very intelligently about how to find gold mines and silver mines and, like, how, like, the best practices and that. So he would, his grift is that he would tell people, like, where to do it for a fee. 
Oh. And of course they'd pay him for nothing, and you'd send them on their way. Nice. <laughs> so, that's so they, so they fucking They got a reverend. Awesome. They got a professor. The, the professor. This is Ocean's Eleven. Oh, dude, it is. It is. They got it a is. cowboy, an Indian, a yeah. construction yeah. worker. Yeah. It's the village people. Yeah. <laughs> I was also thinking of making a Gilligan's Island reference, but <laughs> I, went, yeah. I went another way. Yeah, they got a movie star, a <laughs> professor, and a Marianne. I, yeah. I was like, "What's funnier, uh, Gilligan's Island or, or the, the Village, village People?" people. Yeah. They're both hilarious. They're both hilarious. <laughs> uh, I think I like the Village People more. Yeah, it's it's almost diversity. It's like almost almost, almost but there. in both cases, it's like we got all these things. They're all white people, but they're we got one of everything. Yeah, yeah, it's as good as they could do back then. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess. And then there was the head of his muscle, who was. Icebox Murphy. Oh, there we go. Now, let's, let's any talk guesses, about it. Any guesses, just before we move on, any guesses as to why his name was Icebox Murphy? He was an Inuit. No. Putting bodies in an icebox. No. Uh, he uh, he was a boxer that would train specifically in the cold Arctic tundra. <laughs> or in an icebox. Oh, no. That's a good no. one. That's a good one, but no. He didn't, uh, he didn't train as a boxer, like, punching... Um, <laughs> You know, like Rocky, the the size R- of raw meat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, but that gets closer, actually. Oh no! Wait, no, no! I got, it, I got. It. Okay, his grift was he had a box full of rocks that he told people was a box full of ice, and he'd sell it to them. And then they got home, they open it, and they're like, ah, it's just rocks to go. Oh, no, okay, now I gotta have a drink full <laughs> He's of rocks. He's got a box, <laughs> well, and he hey. says, "Put your hand in it," and and then the kids like, "What? What's in there?" And he goes. Pain. Pain. Is that, you have to is, prove that you're a human being. That's yeah. Gum Jabber Johnson. Gob Jabber Johnson from <laughs> yeah. Dune. Yeah, yeah from yes. the name of that character. Gob Jabber yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, one last one. Uh, so one last he one. he was then punching just blocks of ice, and his fists turned into steel. No. Fuck. No, actually, it's more hilarious. He murdered an ice giant. It's more hilarious than any of that. I'm going okay. off the rails. Okay. It's it's actually really funny, and he hated that name. But it's really funny. I like that they all got hate the their yeah, yeah, it's really funny actually. So what he did is he had the, he had a scheme one time, and his name stuck after the scheme. Uh, he was going to rob a meat market, and the plan was simple. He was going to break in at night. He was going to rig the very large vault with explosives, blow it open, and steal the money. Steal the meat. Well, the problem was, is he rigged the explosives to the meat locker. Nah, nah you, you fucking And when he blew rube. it open, it blew meat everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the safe was Why like, is this next not a Coen Brothers? <laughs> yeah. That smells delicious, just, is what they must have said at the time. <laughs> like, who's making barbecue? Oh, no, wait, it's a robbery. You, yeah. <laughs> you could make this movie change nothing. It'd be hilarious. It would be hilarious, yeah. Coen Brothers. Yeah, I know you're listening. You're our biggest yeah. fans. Yeah. Joel, the other one, Ethan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Joel and Ethan Cohen. You uh, guys made Lady Killers, so you guys can't make anything worse. So just yeah. make this movie. <laughs> that is the worst movie. So yeah, Icebox Murphy, that was his muscle. He was kind of a, I mean, dim-witted I do like that they all individual. don't like their nickname, because they all got their nicknames from the thing they fucked up. Yeah. Something embarrassing. Yeah. It's something embarrassing. They're good at everything else, and yeah. they're good at grifting, being muscle, fucking Robin, but the one time they fucked up a job, that's when Everyone remembers. <laughs> yeah. So, so John Bowers, did he get the, the nickname The Rev because he was having sex with underage boys? Ooh. Ooh. No, he was a loose reverend, but... <laughs> <laughs> now, under... Icebox Murphy in the muscle department was Big Ed Burns, Shotgun Tom Collins, 
and even the famous Texas Jack Vermillion joined the soap game. Could you imagine shotgunning a Tom Collins like he came in a can? <laughs> I couldn't. Oh, no, that'd be no. too rough. I assume that's where he got that name. I know. No, no, shotgun Tom Collins carried a giant shotgun. He's like oh. that dude from The Wire. I thought he had like half a face. No, he, like, carried a, he carried a big old shotgun and that's why they called him that. Because I thought all the names came from ironic, no. uh, you know. Well, uh, Big Ed Burns, he was actually three foot seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But was the, is the drink Tom Collins named after this no, guy? No, it's not. He so was a different Tom Collins? It, Tom Collins goes back a, wi- a ways. I'm Can we just get sure. back to Big Ed Burns really quick? Big I'm Ed Burns. Not only is he three foot seven, but he also <laughs> had frostbite on both of his hands and feet. Oh, so he's <laughs> Big Ed Burns. And he wasn't educated. Yeah, he was poorly educated. Oh, That's Big Ed Burns Ed was Burns was reported to be a bit of a dullard. Okay, I would imagine. But he was a big dude. He was Big Ed Burns. Yeah, he's Big Ed Burns. Well, it, no. it, 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 it didn't help big. That, if somebody was like. If you want to get your money back, you gotta fuck with Big Ed Burns. I would yeah. be like, based on the name, I don't need that much. Most, Check, most people, Pass. most people said that exact same thing. You want your money back? You gotta deal with Big Ed Burns. Fuck that. Yeah, boom. <laughs> I don't it, even know who that is. Yeah, it Turns didn't out help it's that a child. <laughs> right. <laughs> didn't help that uh, Big Ed Burns also had that hot dick. Yeah. That's what it was also burning. They're like, so I gotta talk to that slab of granite. They're like, no, that's a human. Behind the slab of granite, it's Big Ed Burns. Yeah, and it was a child with uh, a burning penis. Yeah. Now Texas Jack, lollipop. Texas Jack Vermillion actually uh, was was with he was a Wyatt Earp gunman. Oh, okay. oh no way! So he's gonna show up again. Severed, oh, when we do a lot of people. I hope the uh, next time Texas he shows Jack, up, he's on top of a rooftop with a with a Danny and I were just rifle. sort of was slid off topic. Danny and I were talking about Wyatt Earp recently because uh, Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt Russell. Yeah. Wyatt Russell from uh, Falcon, Falcon Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier is Soldier, named yeah. after Wyatt Earp. Yeah. And, it's, oh. and Danny's like, oh, because he, because his dad played Wyatt Earp. And she's like, wait, I guess that would have been after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's <laughs> like, I guess he must have just really liked Wyatt Earp. And he was like, I want to play Wyatt Earp so bad. And I was like, I really like it that you know who Wyatt Earp is. Yeah, this is yeah. making me happy. And, oh. But we just wait, watched Tombstone. Wait, wait until we get to Wyatt Earp. Yeah, Tombstone is a blip. In Wyatt Earp's uh, actual career. It really is. Quick thing. So, Wyatt Earp. Uh, I dated a girl in high school. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Whose mom ended up having two kids but never got married to. And he worked on the movie Wyatt Earp as a casting agent. Oh, no shit. And all he did was talk about Wyatt Earp. And they had a son together who he named Wyatt because oh he was dear and, yeah, Lord. He, he was like, he was like, I did casting on Mask like did Zorro one thing. and Wyatt Earp. And oh, he did talk about Jesus it Christ. constantly. Oh, the guy was a loser. He didn't like me at all. For some reason he thought I stole his jacket, but my dad bought me that jacket. <laughs> the guy was a fucking nut job. But, uh, <laughs> he but, yeah, sounds like one. He peaked in the, the early to mid nineties and never then, looked back. Yeah. Never looked back. <laughs> That's all I ever talked about. But yeah, I'll be honest. Being named at Wyatt after Wyatt Earp is cool. It is. Everything else. I mean, Kurt Russell named his kid Wyatt. Yeah. Which, yeah. if anyone is naming their kid Wyatt, that guy gets Well, passed. and honestly, Kurt Russell playing Wyatt Earp is great casting. Yeah, it really it's is. It's great yep. casting. Agreed. Honestly, I love that movie. Kurt Russell it's got being flaws, cast as anything is great casting. It's Kurt true. Russell it's is true. great casting. But Doc Holliday. Oh, my. Val he Comer. steals the show. Yeah. Everything uh, he says is gold in yeah, that movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's the whole reason to watch that movie. Also... One of Wyatt Earp's best friends, Bat Masterson. Batman? You've never heard of Bat Masterson? 
I've heard of. Was he? Did he fight Bat criminals? Man. Yeah, he did. Bat Masterson is a real person. Yes. Who fought criminals? Yes. Bat Masterson. Yes. Yeah. When we get to Dodge City and Wyatt Earp and stuff, there's another guy that's did just as much as Wyatt Earp did, and his name was Bat Masterson, if not more. Bat Masterson was a famous person of the Wild West. The name Super sounds very familiar, famous. and I'm kind of embarrassed. It sounds that I don't so know. much like Batman. I know it does. What movie was he in? Uh, he's been mentioned in a lot of movies. That's how, honestly, I think I know who. He's I, not in Tombstone. Wyatt Earp is a household name to me because of Tombstone. <laughs> actually, actually, in, in Tombstone, I believe that Kurt Russell, as he's stepping off the train in the very beginning of the movie, asks somebody about somebody Masterson. He's talking about Bat Masterson. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. Was he a bat? <laughs> He had a cane. He, he had a gimp leg. He was uh, a man. He was man bat. And he had a shotgun. Yeah. Anyway, uh, wait. He had a leg that was also a shotgun. No, he oh. he had he had a gimp leg, and so he walked around with a cane. Okay. But he had a big old shotgun that he also had, and uh, his cane was a gun. Dodge City was was a lot like Skagway in the early days of the Wild West yeah. in that. It's quote unquote lawless. When we when we do those episodes, those Dodge City episodes. We'll talk all about Bat Masterson. I promise you, Texas Jack Vermillion and Bat Masterson are coming back with Wyatt Earp, Wyatt Earp nice. with a force. Beautiful. So you'll learn all about them when we do that. Yeah, he was friendly with Bat, and they had like a, a lifelong correspondence, which is super weird because Soapy was a huckster. Yeah. And Bat was a quote unquote lawman. But back in those days, the line between yeah, huckster and lawman gray. were yeah. pretty gray. Sure. Yeah. In my yeah. like romanticized version of like the grifter huckster era of the late 1800s, yeah. that's kind of how I imagine things in general. I feel like I well, was born way too late. Yeah. Well, well, and it's it's the myth of the grifter. Wild West. You? Yeah. It's it's the myth of the Wild West that that it's lawless and it required these lawmen to come and clean it all up. Yeah, I'd be a grifter. You'd be my ship. I'd be like, I got a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like anyway, Jerry, Jerry'd be a lawman. We'd be friends, but he'd always be busting us, <laughs> busting our chops. But it'd be like, but a lawman that also dealt pharaoh to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. Would I be a cattle rustler? I thought I would be the the alcoholic bartender who's just drinking his own. Oh, I know stock. who you'd be. I know who you'd be. The 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 flapper lady in the dress, right? No, no, no. no. Yeah. We're we're coming to you. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> I don't think we'll any of us there. would be lawmen. No, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> we don't. I think he'd be a grifter. <laughs> now, like any gangster or, you know, today a billionaire, uh, like, you know, Al Capone did this. Any billionaire today does this. But what they do is they uh, they get PR from uh, doing good things. You know, you get billionaires that will build something that everybody loves and be like, he's a good one. But he refuses to pay his taxes. Or Al Capone, he would give money to poor people, yeah, right. you know, and whatnot. But that doesn't make you a good person. Yeah. It's a smokescreen for PR yeah. to convince people you're not all that bad. From what okay? I hear, if you don't pay taxes, uh, that means you're very intelligent and should be president. No. Yeah. Jeff Bezos. Like all of them. You're 20, 24. You're a job creator. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. but Soapy Soapy did did this kind of thing or or was reported to do this kind of a thing. It's take any of that with a grain of salt, like the fact of him giving to widows or giving to the poor or helping to build the church. Any church he was quote you know, you know, purported to help build with money, all of the priests 
And again, take this with a grain of salt, but all the priests denied it vehemently. Okay. So they don't want to admit that they took money from a huckster, you know, and a flim flam man, but I don't think Soapy, even if Soapy did give money to people and was charitable, that does not make up for his behavior. Yeah. You know, and again, with any billionaire that also builds stuff that we all enjoy or owns things that we all enjoy, that does not excuse their behavior. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Remember that these billionaires, you know, your Paul Allens, your Jeff Bezos, your, your whoever of the world, that when they build these things, it's not out of the goodness of their heart. It's PR. So you will think that they're a good person rather than... You know, rather Steve than realize Jobs, that, that rather than realize that they're actually just grifting the system. Right. I feel like Steve you know? Jobs is a big uh, yeah. kind of the worst example. Well, I think I think no uh, of, of good PR, bad person. Well, I think Paul Allen was that way too, mm. with, with the oh, Cinerama sure. and the Seahawks and all that stuff. Yeah, I love Cinerama. They got chocolate popcorn. Me too, but that doesn't make him a good person just because Cinerama is fucking awesome. So Soapy controlled numerous dance halls, saloons, and opera houses in Denver. They had trick roulette wheels. They had rig card games with gaff decks. They made, you know, poker and faro even more profitable than, than what it already was. Viva Old Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace. The most famous club that, that Soapy had in Denver was the Tivoli Club. Famously had a sign above the door that said Caveat Emptor, which is Latin for buyer beware. Oh. Hey, it's on a sign. Yeah. People you, already know it's If you don't know how to speak Latin, you're most people. It's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> well, back then, Latin was a part of the curriculum, at least in some places. But some people, you know, most people would just get a ninth grade education yeah. and then move on. Prospector town? Come on. Yeah. You don't need a education to go find gold. But they also had fake lottery offices where, you know, they'd run fake lotteries. And when they were found out, they'd just move on. Uh, just down the block, you know, different part of the city. Uh, they had fraudulent stock exchanges where you could, you know, pay money and there's no stocks, you know, like, this is like every pyramid scheme, every, like, like, like when you, when, when you get the call from India and they tell you that like your social social security number has been compromised yeah, and you got to buy like $150 worth of fucking like uh, Home Depot (laughs) gift cards and and, and put them in like an addressed envelope. Like it's like wire the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Every scam ever is like Nigerian prince is trying to give you all its money. They also had those, they also had scam diamond auctions. I got scammed. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I got scammed for a PS2 back in the day. What? On eBay. The guy, it was one of those, like, you're selling it on eBay, and they go, I can give you the money, but it's got to be, like, kind of, like, on eBay, off eBay, like, where we send you, like, a cashier's check or whatever. I got that. Same thing. And and you get the cashier's check, you cash it, everything seems above board, then all of a sudden it's wrong. Well, and you're supposed to wire the money through Western Union after you cash that check. (laughs) And maybe you're really poor and desperate for money, and you're like... You were so poor, you were were eating fucking nothing. Like, it's hard to describe. You're eating tortillas with nothing on them? Yeah, yeah. Eating just loaves of bread. Or, or uh, just jars of mayonnaise. One yeah. time when I was poor, I had just a jar of mayonnaise. And for a couple of days, that's all I had You've was a jar of mayonnaise. You've told that story more than once. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Uh, so it's hard to describe just how, you know, 
even the smartest of us, even the most intelligent of us, can be susceptible to scams. Based you know, off this isn't just well. Yeah, it's based off of desperation. Greed. I don't know. I was gonna say empathy. Like I, the worst sometimes, I ever got. I mean, sometimes I've barely been scammed because I'm way too. Sm- I'm way smarter than you guys. But um, <laughs> you're the tallest and smartest history boy. I am the tallest. Yeah. I would say you're just. You're you're the most. You're gonna hate no, this non-trusting. I try. I don't trust anybody. Yeah. But I did have a guy once. Uh, I pulled up to a stop, dressed really nice, and he he has a fucking uh, gas can, and he yep. goes. This is really embarrassing. I ran out of gas. I'm like on my way to work. Could you help? Could have helped me out? And I was like, you know, there's part of me. It's like, dude, this is fucking. Scary. I, I I've I've given. I gave him some money. Same like next day, I drove past there. He's there Same again. Day. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I knew I, it. No, I knew no, it. No, I, I, I that's think that's happened to me before though. Like I've given people money, but at the same time, like now, like, at the same time though, even if it is a sort of a scam. Motherfucker needed that money more than I did. To, tr- to, to tell you the truth, I uh, I was more upset that I like I was like you were being lied to. Yeah, right. if I you just like, told the truth, I'm, I'm down on my luck. I mean, the, the truth is like I was 20. like, uh, yeah. this is probably bullshit, but here you go. If he if a guy's like I'm down on my luck, I've given. Uh, usually, oh. what I do is I'll like I've walked if I'm walking around, I've like leftover food, and they're like I've been like, you are you go. hungry? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, yeah, and I was like, you can have this if yeah. you want. Uh, oh, any kind of panhandle, like under the umbrella of panhandling, yeah, uh, is entirely I never feel contingent bad about that. on my personal mood, how much cash I have same, in my wallet. Same, same. There, there's so many conditionals in there that it's not even like, like it, there can be a day that a guy's like, "Please help me, I got nothing." And he's like completely down on his luck, and if I don't have the shit to get, I'm, I'm just like, like, "Fuck you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a guy, uh, but in, but there there's sometimes there's where sometimes, it's like, dude. I'm for whatever yeah. reason I'm buying your story. Here's twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah exactly. A guy good can for you. Slide by on a and good you, night and be like, "Give me twenty bucks, motherfucker." And but I'm you like, know what? Sure. But you know what? It's just fucking not, twenty bucks. Yeah. I gave know? a Trader Joe's gift card to a guy on Capitol Hill because he yeah. was a young guy. Same thing. I was like, I don't have any cash, but like, if you want this Trader Joe's gift card, there might be money on there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And you're gonna go in there, and they're gonna be watching you. I know how they do. I yeah. might have said it in another episode, but I gave a guy a bunch of yen one time. You did. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there well, you go. I, I mean, it, it's safe to say that we're all sort of like Levian Satanists and the sort we of are. thing yeah, of just like. Uh, you gotta take care of yourself and your family before you can take care of other fucking people. Exactly. exactly. Um, I do agree with that, yes. So, Getting back to the story, there there are some, like, guys that would walk around with, like, these nickel-plated pearl handle, you know, Colt 45s yeah. on their hip. Cool. And one guy, you know, like, a guy with these guns threatened another dude at a, at a saloon. The guy, he was a newspaper man. He wasn't even, like, an outlaw or anything, but he was a newspaper man. And he walks up to this guy who threatened him, who has these nickel-plated pearl handle guns. Right. And he walks up to him, right up to his face, and he knocks his hat off his head. Nice. And the dude was so humiliated, he fucked off. And and the guy said to, like, the people around that were like, whoa, shit. He said to him, anyone anyone that walks around with nickel-plated pearl handle guns won't shoot anybody. Oh, yeah. Bullets are expensive, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, that makes me feel bad in Red Dead for, like, make my guns super I don't pretty. look cool. Yeah, but at least you're, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It is a like video it. game. Yeah, <laughs> it's not real life. Yeah. Now, uh, like shit. <laughs> I feel like if I was carrying guns, I want people to not notice it. Yeah, exactly, right? Now, Soapy, 
of course, and his gang, they all got a piece of the action. Just like corporate lobbyists nowadays. And uh, politicians. <laughs> they all got a piece of the action. They all got a corner slice of the pizza. Yeah, they all got, you know, from all the Bunko games and all the scams and everything, they all got a piece of the action. Uh, including marshals and lawmen and all that type, type of stuff. But Soapy's true vice was gambling. When he made money, he would go down to the poker tables and the faro tables, and he would spend it. But he knew it was rigged. Yeah, but he was, it was fun. He liked yeah. gambling. He just liked that's gambling. That's how I feel about gambling. Like, in Vegas, I remember going up to, like, the fucking video slots and just be yeah. like, lose, 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 lose. Well, yep. all right. There was 20 bucks. Yeah. Yep. Five but, but, you knew, but you knew that you were going to lose 20 bucks before putting it in. That was there. actually oh, the absolutely. only time I gambled. I was yeah. like, because I hate gambling. I don't yeah, me too. It. I'm not a gambler. I... He just liked to gamble. It was fun for him. It's like yeah. playing video games for him. Because he knew that at the end of the day, next day, just walk out and fucking scam somebody. Yeah. Super easy for him. Yeah. That's what I'm like with uh, delivery driving. I was like, I'll buy a video game. I'll fucking get that amount tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. Didn't matter to him. I'm like, I, like... I, I was like... Fuck, I gotta pay for that yeah. video game in this box. Well, and it's not I like make 60 bucks today. <laughs> well, and Soapy, it's not like Soapy was sitting on a pile of cash. He just controlled things. Yeah. You know, because he lost money nearly as fast he as he got it. He was running things. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's kind of, kind of sort of like getting high on his own supply, but not really. Yeah, like no. I almost feel like, like uh, sitting down and participating in the machine for fun. Yeah. Like, is, 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 it's like, kind of a power move, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 So Soapy even married a charming dancehall girl named Mary Eva Noonan. And they actually had three children, uh, Jefferson Randolph Smith III, Mary Eva Smith, and James Luther Smith. Okay. And actually, uh, the grandson of Soapy actually wrote a biography about his uh, How his ancestor. How could not? Right. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and some of it is a little... Uh, dubious, but it was written kind of a long time ago, so that's fine. Well, if you're <laughs> a descendant of smoke uh, of, of, of fucking soapy, you gotta be a little bit of a huckster, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking duh. <laughs> Keep it in the family. Yeah, it's in your genes. But he kept Mary shielded from his work life. He even did, like, the old Godfather quote, like, don't ask me about my business. He straight up said that to his wife. And, uh, and he hadn't even seen the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, most of his, like, inner circle and, like, closest confidants didn't even know that he was married. He oh, like, he kept wow. his two lives so separate. Do you think separate. she ever looked through a doorway while he closed it? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. <laughs> and people are, like, kissing his ring. I absolutely think that's a reality. But it's in, like, a dirty western town, yeah. you know. It's a dirtier uh, ring. Yeah. <laughs> and a dirtier door. Yeah. So she really didn't have a ton of idea uh, about what Soapy did. You know what I mean? She didn't have a... She didn't really know. And he would move her around. And he would stay put, but he would move her around to kind of keep her away from that. The newspapers at the time, actually, they were trying to go after Soapy. One of the newspaper editors actually outed uh, Mary as Soapy Smith's wife because she was there under like false pretenses you know my husband is a is a Denver like minor conglomerate or whatever and like the newspaper was like no 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 she she's the wife of of, a of, of Soapy Smith 
And when Soapy found out about this, he was such a private person that when he found out about this, he found that editor on the street, and he had a cane, and he cracked him over the head with the cane so hard that it split his skull. And the, I guess the sound could be heard in, like, other businesses. That's so fucking awesome. So, he <laughs> was... He was Charged with attempted murder. Well, that is attempted murder. <laughs> it yeah. is, but but with some because poli- he didn't hit him, being like, I hope it only yeah. hurts him. With, with some politicking, though, he got it reduced to assault. Now, now, did the now guy that's, that, that's, that's really yeah, interesting. He did. He I did. I thought that with his ties with politicians, that he could actually get the blame shifted over to that editor, saying that it was destruction of property. <laughs> you got re- reduced to a reckless driving. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I used to be editor of newspaper. Now I'm brain exposed guy at circus. Soupy sales made me good guy. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, though, you know, Soapy uh, was still let out on bail, and he skipped bail, of course, yeah, and okay. fucked off. What, are they going to find him on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Facebook, Facebook? or whatever. I don't know why I said YouTube. Yeah, I mean, he's making <laughs> videos YouTube about himself. Channel. He's he, getting lots of hits. Uh, he's like, I've been filming my crimes. Yeah. You got the TikTok, I got the other... He's on TikTok. He's on TikTok, yeah. But yeah, he kind of like started wandering around, and he, he decided, him and his gang, the Denver's old news, and he started wandering around. He uh, moved Mary and the kids to uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Because uh, uh, that's where her parents were from. He wanted to meet her in uh, St. Louis. Yeah, meet me in St. Louis. Yeah, yep. great movie, actually. Great barbecue and uh, great gambling, too. Yeah, great city, honestly. They got an arch. Um, they got they that do. arch. They do. They got that plane. I don't know anything else about them. I... They have the spirit of St. Louis. Yeah. Yes. Is uh, an East St. Louis? That guy was a Nazi that. sympathizer. Oh, the plane was cool. Who wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> Who wasn't back in the day? Uh, a lot of people. <laughs> anyway, but one place he thought would be a good fit for the soap gang was Pocatello, Idaho. So this is why you wanted to do Soupy. Soapy. Soupy? Soupy Sales. <laughs> Soupy Sales. He had a puppet. Uh, no, I, I've been to Pocatello on numerous occasions. Uh, my cousin lives in Pocatello. It is a... Shithole? High desert town, I guess. Oh, okay. It's... It's honestly not that bad. It's like brush and rocks. Is, uh, <laughs> is Boise high desert? Oh, yeah. 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 Southern Idaho is high desert. I was yeah. born in uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah. That's high desert. Yeah. All, all of that area is high desert. Anyway. If I moved like, when I was six. I don't fucking yeah. care. It's uh, got plateaus. It's got... It's got rocks. There's sand dunes. There's there got sand dunes. There uh, are no homosexuals. <laughs> if, if you like sand and rocks and zero homosexuals, it's <laughs> where you go. It's, it's dry, like it's coarse, and it gets everywhere. Yeah. 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 The heterosexuality now, gets It's the Tatooine everywhere. of America. <laughs> now, no Pol- gays there. Pocatello, Idaho at this time was Except a... the droids, that's why they don't let them in the bars. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> was it actually a droid detector? <laughs> so Pocatello, Idaho at this time was a railroad town. And it being a railroad town means that like a lot of people are coming in, a lot of people are coming out. You know, a lot of people are playing the harmonica. <laughs> yeah, I like to think the banjo. Yeah, and a lot of people are making their their money, and they are looking for a place to spend it. 
You know, okay. so he's he's scouting out Pocatello, Idaho. I love spending my money. Yeah. So, uh, however, they weren't there long before a rival gang tried to assassinate Soapy for trying to infringe on their operation. Oh, in Idaho, uh, of yeah. course. Yeah. Ah, the there was already gang. a gang there. Where uh, in Idaho? Sorry, where was it? Pocatello. Pocatello. Where Idaho. is that though? Idaho. That's that's southeast Idaho. I know where Idaho is. It's southeast Idaho. <laughs> southeast. Yeah, okay, it's gotcha. the southeast yeah. part of the northwest part of the map. So I know. So Idaho, Idaho shaped. <laughs> so Idaho shaped like a, a finger pointing, right? I know what like I finger pointing yeah. up. It's on, it's, it's on more towards the pinky. Okay, yeah. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On I, on the on the hand. You said southeast. I got it. Okay, okay. Southeast just, part of you know, Idaho. Just, everyone's like for where? our listeners. I'm just trying to make sure they understand. I too. guess that's a good point. So Pocatello had all the boats over there. They had lots. Did, of it's landlocked. Like, I did see a it's comedian railroad. recently who was talking about like he was in New York telling people from Idaho, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're from the Midwest," and he'd be like, "No," and they'd be like, "Idaho's different." You're, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like no. You're from the mid. That, Idaho's in the Midwest. Idaho, Iowa, it's the same shit. Ohio. Ohio. (sighs) Minnesota. (laughs) Indiana. So There's three states. On August 30th, 1889, the two gangs had a shootout at the Pocatello train depot, and actually two people died. And Soapy, he wrote his wife afterwards, and he told her, like, there was a shootout, but he didn't want to worry her. So he kind of, like, was tongue-in-cheek about it, and he was like... I almost got my mustache shot off. <laughs> but, we played paintball. Yeah. Wink, he, wink. <laughs> he didn't actually kill anybody. Like, there's no actual hard evidence that that Soapy actually ever killed anybody. I just, I like. He the shot guy. a guy through the legs. I like this old timey version of uh, shootouts where it's just like, yeah, we Ew. all shot at each other. You know, we went through the guts. It's fine. Yeah, we went through. <laughs> they, I lived another fifty years. Yeah, yeah. It's like Sam Elliott in. Uh, in, tombstone. In tombstone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we'll just ship him out of town. It's yeah. <laughs> well, and that's how they did it, too. They Like, with Soapy and his gang, too, like, the sheriffs in Pocatello, even, they just escorted him to the train and said, never come back. <laughs> <laughs> they died on the train, but yeah. they didn't know that. And if you yeah. don't see the man die, doesn't count. He's not dead. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a TV show. Yeah. It's live last time I saw him. If you don't see him actually die, that character's still alive in a TV yeah. show. Corpus. It's yeah. like uh, Bucky Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was all a dream. So He's going to come back later. They fell a great distance into uh, some mist, I assume. You actually didn't see him die. They could climb back up and be all bloody and stuff. They're going to... I guarantee if they fall in a mist, they're alive. Yeah. Like, um... Uh, uh, Kazuya Mishima from Tekken. Like yeah. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio on Titanic. All you see was him fall into the, the water. You'll be back in Titanic 2. In Titanic 2, <laughs> where he's reckoning. got a robot arm, and he it fires bu- missiles. Yeah, and he's yep. back from the future, yeah. or something. He's from the future. This These stories, they sometimes get jumbled up. So I'm going to tell you, I've, I've read several books on this. Mm-hmm. I, I've done a lot of research on this. I'm going to tell you the order of events that I think happened. Based off of my research, okay? okay. All right. So, some of our listeners that may know this story already, they may have heard these events a different way or in a different order. So, anyway, I just want that to be a very important caveat as we go through. This is how Jerry is writing the movie. This, this, <laughs> yeah. this is the order that happens. So, after after Pocatello, you know, 
they wandered and scammed and all sorts of stuff until they landed in a place called Creed, Colorado. With arms wide open. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It was, it was a, a silver, solid. It was solid. Yeah, it was a silver mining boom boom town. Is what it was. I'm upset. I didn't think of that. <laughs> I was like Creed from Office. I got nothing. Yeah. Uh, this is in 1892. Just to let you. Oh, know. they didn't have the Office in 1892. Right? No. But they did have the band Creed. Disgusting. <laughs> Soapy began aggressively buying as much land and controlling stakes and businesses as he could, usually by dubious means. And what they would do is they would either, you know, in front of a barrel of a gun, they would make somebody sell controlling stakes and the stuff. They would scam that. people out of stuff. They would they would go to auctions. And they had like an army of sex workers, of prostitutes, uh, bid oh, like against Sin City. Yeah, and they would bid against. Soapy had a, a whole army of them, and uh, they would bid against these guys trying to buy businesses. And then they would have shills that were like, "Hey, let the woman have it. You know, be chivalrous. Let the woman have it." And they would gather around the guy, and they'd be like, "Hey, dude, you gotta like let this lady have it. You know, like that would be the the good thing to do." And then they'd like, you know, and then they'd like Muslim and be like, dude, let her have it. Jesus and so Christ. she would get it. And of course, that would be soapies now. Yeah. And so they bought up a bunch of the town and he controlled it a lot like he did in Denver, where he set up his his dance halls, his opera houses, his saloons and his bunko games and all that kind of stuff all over town. But he was, like, doing a good job, right? The people who lived there were having a good time. They were happy. <laughs> it, wasn't a bad, it wasn't, like, bad, you know? It's bad. It's bad. He's it's mining, bad everywhere. Yeah, he's mining the miners, basically, you know? Because, again, prospectors, they're they are the easiest mark. They're the most op- optimistic, just, just people that will believe in anything. They barely have any teeth, and they still want to, like, <laughs> believe they're going to find gold. So Sophie's Creed operation was more beautiful than the Denver operation. His brother-in-law was the new deputy sheriff, so <laughs> they could operate with impunity. Uh, his new headquarters was the Orleans Club. Oh, no, 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 sure. Yeah. Let me talk about this here gumbo here. Roo, 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 I smell roo. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> his grip on the town had become inescapable and soapy justified his actions of cheating people everywhere he went in this way that he was providing a public service to teach people to not be gullible and if someone wasn't careful enough with their money then they deserved to lose it huh that's how he justified he's a libertarian (laughs) 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 consenting adults can do whatever they want with their money and if and if if they if they want to do something let the free market decide is what i'm saying exactly yeah even if that free market's full of hucksters and grifters which that's on you this day (laughs) i feel like like joel olstein would be doing this Back in those days, oh, 100%. You know? yeah, 100%. under underneath the fucking he's tax doing umbrella, this now. Right. Yeah. Well, like, but yeah, I know. but but he he's not like, well, I'm providing a service. They didn't have to give me all this fucking money. He's right. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, it's all true. It's like I'm just trying to spread the word of the Lord. 
<laughs> now pay for my McMansion. Like nobody's fucking heard of Jesus. Yeah. He's like a Reverend John Bowers. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know how true this story is, but there was a, there's details of the story that, that certain things came before and after, and, and you don't really know exactly what the truth is. But a new man came to town in Creed, and you opened a dance hall without paying Soapy his tribute, mm. which was a big old insult, you to be sure, to Soapy. Yeah, you had to, you had to work with the Soap gang if you're going <laughs> to open up a place in Creed. You have to work with the Soap gang if you want to come out clean. And yeah, that exactly. man grew up to be Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> well, this man, he thumbed his nose at the Soap gang. It festered in Soapy's head. You know, with every passing day, the insult became bigger and bigger. So Soapy had a little interaction. He, he didn't actually have very much interaction, but he had a little bit of interaction with man. But he didn't like the cut of his jib. He just didn't like this guy. Oh, uh, he didn't I don't look, like this guy. He didn't look you in the face. He was, oh, he was kind of a... Autistic. Smart, a little bit, a little bit. He was kind of a smarmy guy. What's the wrong with that? I no, have no, no. issues with eye he, contact. And, and, this, and this guy uh, may have been on the autistic spectrum. I feel like you're building him up. I am, I am. Uh, especially considering the, uh, this man's lack of deference to the crime lord, Soapy Smith. Is he Mephisto? No, but don't guess anymore. Now, this legend has... Has a lot of things happening, but the man's name was Robert Ford, the man the that coward? shot and killed Jesse James. <laughs> oh, okay. So if no you've ever way. seen that movie, at the end of the no, movie, he's in Creed, Colorado, and the man that he's supposed to be paying deference to is Sophie Smith. Smith. Now, according to the legend... The coward Robert Ford. Yes. Now, according to the legend... Wait, is this the guy that you thought I was in, in the story? No. No. Okay. No, no but, you were Soapy. Yeah. According to the legend, Soapy ordered the hit on Robert Ford. And on June 8th, 1892, Edward O'Kelly, presumably being ordered by Soapy Smith, entered Ford's tent saloon with a double-barrel shotgun and said, Hello, Bob. And when Robert Ford turned around, Edward O'Kelly emptied both barrels into Robert Ford's neck. Ah, oh, and the soundtrack was killing cave. Yeah, killing him instantly. Oof. And yeah, that's just a, a part of Wild West lore is the killing of Robert the coward Robert Ford. And and actually what Soapy Smith's gang tried to do is they, they tried to antagonize Bob Ford. They'd follow him down the street singing that song. Jesse James was killed by the coward Robert Ford. You know, like all that mm, stuff. They'd right. sing a little ditty that was written at the time about how this coward shot Rob shot Jesse James and how it was him. You know, like the like Nick Cave in in at mm -hmm. the end of the movie, like playing the guitar in the bar, right in front of Bob Ford. That was real. They would straight up follow him down the street, like, <laughs> "Hey, you fucking coward!" Like they would do that, and he would just like keep walking. You know what I mean? Oof. I love that movie and I love that soundtrack. Yeah. That soundtrack is written by Nick Cave and yes. Warren Ellis. I love Nick Cave That's so great. much. Now, in this time of hucksters, there was a lot of gaffes going on. Oh, oh. I love gaffes. Yeah. It's like when you trip up the stairs to go to Air Force One. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, gaffes in these days are just anything that's fake or dubious. 
slipping on a banana peel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well, it's like when uh, President Ford yeah. tripped down. He that. did it all the time. Yeah. He tripped downstairs. Yeah. And upstairs. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's but especially mummies and giants. Ah, I love it. So there's a lot of people back in these days that claimed to find mummies and Dude. claimed to find giants. Wait, mummies outside of Egypt? No, in America. Heck of mummies. Yeah. So, Soapy either, like, like there, there was the Cardiff giant yeah. that, uh, yeah, right. that was quote-unquote found and then exhibited for money, right? And then P.T. Barnum tried to buy the Cardiff giant from, from these people that quote-unquote found it. And when he couldn't actually buy it, he had another he one made. made. It. He yeah. made another he made one. his own giant. As yeah. you do. Soapy either came into possession of... Or he was the one who commissioned it in the first place. Oh. He came into possession of a mummy. Ooh. A very well-preserved mummy that Soapy called McGinty. Oh. And he exhibited the McGinty mummy uh, for 25 cents in Creed. And the crazy part about this is, is that after Soapy sold this mummy to other people, it made its way to Seattle where it was renamed Sylvester and it sits Stallone. on it sits on display in the ye old curiosity shop on Seattle's waterfront to this no way oh, I have shit. seen wow. that mummy that was Soapy's mummy and you know what it was hmm. it was an unclaimed body of a dead miner and Soapy had them preserved so he could put them on display. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, I, have seen, I know exactly what I've seen that about. mummy too. It's yeah. down on the waterfront to this day. It's down on display down there. Now, it's renamed Sylvester. I, I, crazy. I've actually been there and it's rare because it was like a lot of the Seattle like uh, tourist mm. things I haven't done. Done, yeah. I only recently went up in the fucking Space Needle yeah. pre-COVID. It's, it's free to see the mummy though. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You right. just go in the old curiosity shop, you see three legged yeah. big. It's down at Miner's fucking, Landing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, you know, there there's a shop called Ye Old uh, Curiosity Shop. But you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And there's an Ivers right by there. You can go there. You oh. can get like a clam Surf and turf? Yeah, you get a surf yep. and turf. Oh, get so good. And chips and like what what have you. And you have, have to go into the, uh, the aquarium, which sucks. I like the Seattle the aquarium. The, the, I like the, it. the aquarium's okay until you try to go through the uh, the Ring of Life, and it's all just dead jellyfish. <laughs> um, I've been to. Cooler. I like the octopus. They got oh, uh, the, the and all the otters and stuff. Oh yeah, the oh. otters are the best thing. Yeah, but it's just so it's not a lot you know, going on. There's, is, uh, it's a small aquarium. There's always but I like point it. defiant zoo and aquarium in Tacoma. Hell yeah, uh, yeah. far superior to anything in Seattle. I agree. And I think, uh, you know, everyone should just come on down to Tacoma and check that out. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but I do have one question, though. I'm I'm curious if uh, Soapy had uh, his hand in uh, finding the preservation remains, uh, preserved re- remains of uh, Jake the Alligator Man. No. Uh, but what he did do is, he, if he did commission this mummy, he took an unclaimed body and sent it to a place that specialized in this sort of thing, sort of a thing in California. In mummification? And they did it, yeah. And, and like, the thing is, is, like... The mummy if, guys. If you if you go to the uh, curiosity shop in Seattle, they'll tell you a bit of a legend. They'll tell you that 
we've done scans and it really is a person and it is really a person but they'll also dude. they'll also tell you that at a certain point uh, the person was shot shot up with arsenic oh, to shit. preserve the body and that is very much so a 19th century thing to do yeah. to preserve a body you wouldn't do that yeah, otherwise ancient Egypt no right. you wouldn't shoot them full of you arsenic shoot them full of onions and sawdust you well, shove the, down their fucking throat well, well, in the way pull their that, brain out through their nose well in the way that they would beat their head in with a fucking sledgehammer the way they would sell Egypt. it the way they would sell it back then is that he was in the Arizona desert and that's uh-huh. why he was so well preserved it's in the dry sun and climate it's ludicrous yeah. anyway yeah but so- Soapy, ultimately, he decided to take McGinty uh, with him back to Denver. And he told the Soap gang, he goes, My arrest warrants in Denver are ancient history. We're going back, and we're going to reset up shop in Denver. <laughs> but when they got there... He was immediately arrested. Well, <laughs> no. The Denver newspapers, who had just started outing Soapy, they were having none of it. And they started reporting on his every move. And the new governor at the time, he wasn't having it either. And he was reform-minded, and he wanted to force Soapy and all of his very corrupt officials that he had put in place out of office. Hmm. Yes. And so when the Colorado governor fired these people, they refused to leave. So instead of instead of quitting, they actually barricaded themselves inside the Denver City Hall with a bunch of guns and enough dynamite to to turn that city block into a fucking crater, like a bunch of fucking babies. Yeah. So so it it, it was a reverse uh, January sixth. January sixth. The the insurrection capital. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because they sat in there, and actually the governor pulled in uh, troops. Complete with a Gatling gun. Cool. Oh. Uh, to force them out. And, like, they even stood on the roof with, like, guns, and they were like, here's the dynamite, we'll blow this whole thing to Kingdom Come. We're babies. Yeah. They eventually stood down, no one died, it was bloodless. They basically had to leave after this. Because what what the governor did is, is he goes, you know what, I'm not going to fight this with blood. I'm going to fight this in the courts. And when he did that, the enough reform-minded people were now in control of Colorado that they had all of these sin tax or sin laws and all of these things that they put in place. And they actually closed all of the saloons, all of the dance halls, all of the opera houses. They closed all of them to get out all these people. And so, Soapy and his gang, they were just way too well known. Yeah. To stay there any longer. Sure. But but the They're like Sasha Baron Cohen in like 2010. Yeah. That's <laughs> why yeah. so you get what's her name? Who did a very good job. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah, right. But but the real reason why they had to get the fuck out of there now is because there was a there was a guy, he was a businessman in Den- Denver, he owned a few saloons as well. He he was going around town telling tall tales about how he had beat up Soapy Smith. Oh. And that had never happened. But a lot of people were like, ha, 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 Soapy Smith, you got beat up. Yeah, and he's like, that never happened. So, like, him and him and a few people, like Icebox Murphy and, and uh, Big Ed Burns, they Ooh. went down to see this man. Oh, yeah, of course. And They got his two biggest dudes, from yeah. what I hear. Yeah. And Soapy was so mad 
that he beat this man with an inch of his life with his bare hands. Whoa. He beat him so bad that he split open his knuckles on his, like, breaking face. Jesus. And he turned his face into fucking hamburger right then wow. and there. He beat this man horribly. Sophie Smith's Not to death, yeah. but severely. Yes. Also, uh, a person that he brought with him was his younger brother, or could be cousin, because a lot of people said, like, ah, oh, they look like twins. Mm. But it was his younger brother called Bascom. He was actually arrested. Him and Soapy were arrested for attempted murder. But Bascom, he actually did did get arrested, but Soapy slipped out. Got uh, away. Hey, hey, he was slippery. Yeah, he got he out of there. He slipped out on the sword. what he On his way out the door, he goes... You got slip slop by Soapy. Slip sloppity slo- slopey. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even, I, I can't even say the words right. I'm so slippery sloppy. Yeah. See you around, guys. And he slipped out on a bunch of fucking He's suds. like if, uh, you know what I imagine is, you know Iceman from yeah. X-Men? Yeah, but yeah. it's like suds. Soap. <laughs> soap. Yeah. He's it, building pillars. You know, you know when he does that thing where he like creates the ice and he slides around yeah. on it? It's, it's like just that, soap and it's soap around. and suds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everything is clean. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cleans the whole city up. He, he, I'm going to clean up this town yeah. with my swords. Yeah. yeah. Now, hounded by newspapers, Soapy tried to keep a low profile while searching for a new hunting round for marks. It's like, don't set anything up too much. Well, <laughs> but, but every time he'd show up in a place, you know, the Denver newspaper would report on it. The Rocky Mountain News would, would report on it. Like, oh, Soapy's here. Watch out, everybody. God damn like, it. Yeah. He, yeah God <laughs> damn it. Stomp on his hat. Yeah. How am I supposed to group in this town with everyone talking about Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> so the further he could get away from the pesky Denver newspapers, the better. So he spent some time bouncing around the Pacific Northwest, you know, around Seattle, around Tacoma, uh, mm. around all these places, before he decided to head up to Juneau to see what it was like up there. Because it was kind of the first way you could get, yeah. you know. So he headed up there, and under an assumed name, and he tried the soap racket. It failed. He was run out of town. And on a rail? Not on a rail, but he was run out of town. That's because everyone's already been fucking scammed out of uh, the fucking gold rush. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the gold rush wasn't exactly being in dirty first. up in Juneau, Alaska. They're like, don't the- try to get us clean. We love being filthy. You get out of here, you yeah. idiot. The, the gold rush wasn't Go in, even in. It wasn't in full swing just yet. But he was discouraged, and he set off back down south, deciding that the north was a complete waste of time. One boat that he was on heading back south ran aground, and they were having to dig it out. But there was another ship, another steamer that was passing by, and they were like, hey, we're going south if anyone wants a ride, and he immediately booked passage on this ship. Problem was with that is that the captain of that ship was way too sick, to order the raise of anchor. <laughs> so they sat there for a while. Turns out, motherfucker's appendix burst. Oh, shit. Oh, well, and that's what everyone said. They were like, you got... You're gonna you're, die. You're gonna die. Yeah. And this guy's name, he's a legend in his own right. Appendix Jones. His name was Dynamite Johnny O'Brien. He was an oh, Irishman. Dino Mike! And he had... Dino Mike! <laughs> he had I threw sailed... that shit before I walked in the room. Yeah. <laughs> he had sailed the seven seas. Yeah. This man had his own adventures. He's sort of a story for another day, this yeah. man. But he was the captain, and his appendix had burst, and there was a doctor on board, and he was like, we can't, we can't operate 
on this boat because it's a boat and we're moving around. It's a fucking boat. We gotta take uh, you on land to do. You're this. gonna die, so we'll just yeah. uh, get do one of these numbers, just flip you overboard. <laughs> well, <laughs> they fish colony. Yeah. Well, they they went on land to do the procedure, and the only anesthetic they had for dynamite Johnny whiskey was whiskey. Oh, hell yeah! And he drank a bunch of it. And as they're doing the procedure, he was awake the entire time as they're cutting him open. So guys, you were my he, he sang a, an Irish traditional jig as they did it. <laughs> you guys sang an Irish traditional jig as he died. Look, guys, where, where, whatever you're doing right now, stop. Even pause the podcast right now. And I would like you to go and look up a picture of Dynamite Johnny O'Brien. This man... This man's a tough man. <laughs> you can tell by the picture. He survived the ordeal. He survived the ordeal. Because they told him no chance of living, and he lived. And he said, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. He was very weak, and uh, when he got back to the to the boat, he, he could only sort of intermittently issue orders. But when he did, he goes, you know, raise anchor, let's get out of here. And they're like, hey, we don't have enough cold to get back to Seattle. We have no cold to get back. He's like, and I'll fucking swim. <laughs> what he said was... Uh, Strap the boat to my back. He goes, then he accidentally swam to Ireland. <laughs> That's where he's naturally drawn. Yeah. He goes, when the, when, when the tide is low, there's actually, in this very specific part, a cold deposit. Oh. So... Wait, he knew that? He saw it. It's cold. Yeah. And so he ordered the whole crew... To go and dig out this very low quality coal out of the uh, low, low quality tides. coal is better than no quality coal. Yeah. yeah. So over the course of a couple of days, because you can only dig when it's low tide, they loaded it up with a couple of tons of coal. A couple of tons, right? Dynamite. Would you say that he cashed in his coal's cash? Nah. <laughs> I hate myself. Don't hate yourself. That's great. <laughs> Now, the boat moved on after that, but not for very long, because the crew stopped working. They said, this coal isn't the best of quality, and we're all going to stop working until we are able to get new, better quality coal for the ship. Some shit coal. Dynamite Johnny was like, no, you're going to keep moving. And Soapy, he's on board, and he's like, "Well, the fuck are we going to get off the goddamn water? Jesus Christ. So, he went up to the captain's cabin, and he, and he said, uh, when, are we, when are we leaving? And he, you know, the captain told him, like, well, this is the situation I'm dealing with. I mean, these guys are bordering on mutiny. And so he goes, all right, I'll, I'll go up there with you. Go talk to your, to your crew and tell them to move. And if they don't move, I'll deal with them. So that, that's what they did. They went up to the up to the deck. He assembled his crew, and he said, "We're gonna keep going with the cold that we have." And here's Soapy Smith. Tell you some well, more. Soapy Smith had his two Colt revolvers out, just out in that his hands. Ass. So and, I started uh, blasting them. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one guy that was sort of their their spokesman for the crew, he was like, "No, we're not going anywhere until we get better coal and whatnot." And Soapy straight up took his gun, pointed it to the man's temple, against the man's temple, and cocked the hammer back. And the dude Jeez. said, okay, never mind, we'll go. <laughs> That's an OG motivation right there. Yeah. <laughs> See, In the movie, it's going to be Danny DeVito. <laughs> playing 30-something 
Soapy Smith. Soapy Smith. He's going to say, I'm 30 years old and I'll blow your brains out. <laughs> Not in my fucking 70s. Yeah. I just like how he really got all Jeff Bezos about it and just uh, really union busted that. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, he... Oh, yeah. Uh, that was the Seattle City Council that he pointed the uh, yeah. Colt 45 <laughs> to. Fuck your uh, head tax. Yeah. I don't want to pay taxes. So, a dejected Soapy Smith arrived back in Seattle. He actually spent some time in the Hotel Seattle. Yeah. But he actually told his gang to move on. He didn't have any work for him. The, the, the country was in the grips of one of the worst depressions they had ever seen. He, he told them to move on. He, he This was a very dark time in his life. Soapy moved over to Spokane, Washington, mm. uh, where he gambled, he he dealt pharaoh, he did a couple other things to make, make ends meet. He wrote letters back to his wife, Mary, because again, she's still in St. Louis this whole time. Right. Soapy, at the end of the day, when he, when he felt like he had enough money, even though he kept spending it at the pharaoh and poker tables, he wanted to, like, retire with his wife and children in, like, a big house. You know, that was kind of his goal. Retire in a big house. But yeah, he, he sat he sat there in Spokane, very depressed, until July like 7... most people in Spokane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until July 17th, 1897. Oh. Now, what happened on that day, gentlemen? What happened on that day? The Klondike Gold Brush. I mean, yeah. But that was when, that was when the Portland steamer came into Seattle with... Tons of gold aboard. All these guys being like, I got gold in my pockets and also in my ass. <laughs> and, and then his, and uh, his eyes turned into yeah. fucking dollar signs. And yeah, you they just heard, cha-ching! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, One guy's like, I have a baby. He's made out of gold. I had sex with my wife. She was gold. And then we had a baby. It was old nuggets. <laughs> this is my son, Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> so, and son, and his name, and his name was Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Nuggets. Nugs. Nugs. <laughs> Nugs McGee. Uh, so Soapy realized, because of course the best marks are prospectors, he realized that everyone was going to rush up to the Klondike to chase this gold. And he frantically sent wires and letters to the rest of his gang all over California and Utah and Nevada and Colorado and Wyoming and Montana. Did his we best. got some dum-dums. Yeah. He getting he, the band back together. He's getting the band <laughs> back together. It's not going to be about the money this time. It's only going to be about the music, and by that I mean it's all about the money. The grift. And also, I can't get my eyes to stop spinning like roulette wheels. As soon as I get this thing fucking locked down, we can go. But right now, it's just dollar signs. They're spinning constantly. I don't think that this is healthy for any adult <laughs> or child. Of dollar signs yeah. The funny thing eyes. is, I can imagine that's not healthy. We we <laughs> talked about how we could imagine Tom Waits as a prospector. Yeah, I can also imagine him as a grifter. Oh yeah. Oh totally. Oh yeah. So I feel like that kind of. I thought why... we agreed this was Matt Berry. Well, could, well, yeah, but like Tom Matt Waits is, is sort of a carnival barker, yeah. right? That's I, the kind of guy he is. What about Matt Berry, Tom Waits team up, grift a bunch of people? Oh yeah. I would. I'm I'd watching. Watch that. I'm watching. And many returned to the soap gang. We had Reverend Bowers, Big Ed Burns, the Professor Turner Jackson. <laughs> the Rizzo. The Dirty Bastard. Raekwon the Chef. Yeah. The you got Ghostface Killer <laughs> and the Method Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and yeah. Wu-Tang was born. Yeah. Ain't nothing to fuck with. And they had some new faces. They had uh, Slim Jim Foster. <laughs> He's actually a big fat guy. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, he was a younger guy. With like a fresh face so people could trust him. Yeah, okay. Slim Jim Foster. And the not yet famous magician and mentalist of the 1920s. You know those like paintings of, like yeah. the the magician. He has like the cards and oh, like, yeah. lightning coming out. That was one of these guys. Like Sven Gali. Yeah, yeah. His name, <laughs> his name was Alexander Conlon. And if you look him up, he was one of the most storied, famous uh, magicians of the 1920s. Is he the guy in SeaTac Airport who's doing a magic trick on the walls by the bar? <laughs> May as well have been. In the, uh, the Alaska Terminal? He, uh, yes. He learned his sleight of hand from dealing three-card Monty in the shell game with Soapy's gang. Started out with peas and kernels of corn, which yep. is way up to, I don't know, monkey skull. Well, to cold reading people. Yeah, like enough. that, you remember crossing over with John Edwards? Yeah. Right, That's yeah. cold reading. Yeah. That's that's where you just say whatever comes to your mind and somebody in the group is going to fucking get it. So, you know, it's an somebody easy Somebody here has a father. Somebody here has a father. S- name starting with... Uh, D, D or E? Kyle. Kyle. Do I get a Kyle? Kyle. Oh, he's here. He he says his death was tragic. Anyway. South Park did a really good version. Alexander Conlin was one of the first people that were going around doing this kind of stuff. Cool. He was a mentalist. I can tell what you're thinking. Oh, yeah. In American culture. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of assholes. Yeah. There was a shit ton of them. Now, their plan was not to get rich. In the Klondike. But again, it was to mine the miners. Hmm. It was to get their gold that They're they came They're dumb enough to with. think they can get gold. Yeah. They're dumb enough to... Uh, and even if you got gold, they were going to get it. Gonna they were going to be the gold. ones that were going to end up with the gold. It's a high That's concentration a of of marks, essentially. Yeah. Right, yeah. All, exactly. All of the... They're all marks. Yeah. It's a world of mark of of marks. You know what I mean? These guys are geniuses. Yeah. Oh. Oh. This plan was was genius. Now, especially considering that Dai and Skagway were the gateways to the Klondike, and didn't have official laws of any kind, and no official police force, it was their own kind of gold mine. Nice. This is literally like everything that we were talking about, what we would do in this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would open a bar and scam people. Yeah, (laughs) that's what they did. We're a bunch of soaps. (laughs) (laughs) Now, they were up to their old tricks. They were leading stampeders off the boats. Remember when I was telling you they'd get off the boat at like the Skagway Harbor and they'd unload all their shit and they'd get there. There'd be people standing on that wharf waiting for them. Of course. And they would lead them to raid, raid card games. They're like, these guys ups. are so helpful. Yeah, stick-ups and scams and all that kind of stuff. Like Reverend Bowers, this is when he did his, I'm trying to leave the Klondike. I just got to get out of here. I have a small place. I'm trying I'm to sell it. Yeah, I, and you're my brother. We're both, Masson- we're both yeah. Masons. Yeah. We're, bo- we're brothers. <laughs> and he's like, come, I'll give you a discounted rate. You're my brother. I'll give you a discounted rate. Come with me. He takes you to the place, and there's a guy in there, and he robs you. And he's like, "I'm so sorry he robbed you, but I'm still trying to sell my place. Uh, go, See go, you later. Get the fuck God. out of here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. And it's it's one of your friends, right? It's one of your buddies. But they would they would uh, they would go up the White Pass Trail, Dead Horse Trail. Remember, they would go up there and they'd carry packs, and it would look like it was really heavy. 
but inside their packs, they'd just pack them with feathers. <laughs> Beautiful. And they would go up there, and they'd pose as stampeders, and they would scam people. And they would also uh, run shell games and three-card money games up on the White Pass. The thing is, is, you know, newspapers realized that Soapy and his gang were up in Skagway, and they started reporting on it. And the way they reported on it is they called him the uncrowned king of Skagway, because he operated with impunity. Yeah. Right? Sure. Even though, like, Skaga- Skagway was no more less or, or, or more crime-ridden than any other place, all the newspapers of all these places were in competition because the Seattle newspapers wanted to make Skagway seem lawless. And the, you know, Skagway newspapers, you know, they had their own agenda because everyone wanted people to buy their outfits there and not spend too much time there, right? So they were all in competition. So they slung mud at each other and they used soapy as mud, basically. Dawson was like, get here as fast as you can. Don't stay any time in Skagway. It's lawless. Yeah. So, like, that's how Dawson drew people, oh, you know. Geez. It's all these people just, just trying to p- push and pull people. Everyone's running a scam at this yeah. point. Yeah. So it's the only like, way to win. It's, yeah. it's like at the end, I hate to go here, but it's like at the beginning of Dune Messiah, where the spice <laughs> is flowing and everybody has the Dune Tarot. So because all these people are using the Dune Tarot to see the future, nobody can see the future anymore. Yeah, if everyone <laughs> right. can see it, no one can. Yeah, because they're all obfuscating each other's versions right. of the future, and it constantly moves the line. Yeah, and everything's a scam. Yeah, you know, every, so... you're just getting scammed from all sides. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the Klondike Gold Rush in of itself, you could almost look at as just a big scam by people trying to sell you outfits to go up there. There's a core scam, and then all these sub-scams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're... Honestly, if you made it to all the way to Dawson, if you actually did that, like unscathed, and did strike it rich, or even hit pay dirt, you were, I mean, there were so many people. There's some kind you, of you magic were, you, Exactly. Like, you, you somehow were able to navigate all of this stuff and get away from all this stuff. You know, like, it's, it's crazy the fact that people actually found money up there. Yeah. yeah most people found nothing up there. Well, all the people who did find money up there found the money before... Anyone came up. Yeah. Yeah, That exactly. first group that came back, yeah. they found money. Yeah. Everybody right. else what got else? scammed. <laughs> yeah. like, there was money back there. Everyone else gets scammed and they have to climb over a goddamn mountain yeah. in order to realize they've all been scammed. Yeah. <laughs> it's and like all getting... those people that came back with money, they certainly didn't take back all the gold. No, yeah. no. So... People are stupid. <laughs> according to legend... The city's founders, Skagway's founders, came together, and they formed a vigilance committee. And the vigilance committee was sort of different from the... They had a committee of 101, and that was just sort of to deal with the town's booming nature. You know, they didn't have government. Alaska didn't have any municipal government or anything like that. So it was all, like, people that were concerned, concerned citizens. They even called it a citizens' committee. You know, business owners and things. But their biggest issue, like, like the thing is, is some people say that the Committee of 101 and the Vigilance Committee, that was all made up because of Soapy. That's not true. It was made up because there was people, there, there were people that were like, I have interests in the wagon road to the Klondike. And then there was people that were like, well, I have interest in building a, a railroad up there. And so there was this, disagreement as to who had the right of way 
in Skagway to build further wagon roads or to build the railroad. The railroad ended up winning out. So they they did it in in the worst way by building a railroad straight through the 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 middle of Skagway. It's in the middle of the street. Yeah. The railroad is. Right. In the middle of the street. There's businesses on either side. There's a street and there's a fucking train that goes right through the middle. Perfect. Wow. Yeah. And it was supposed to take you all the way up to Dawson, right? And it Monorail. eventually did, right? Like through the <laughs> yeah. through the White Pass. And the thing is, is if if Soapy truly was the uncrowned king of Skagway, then he would have had some stake in this because the thing is is he profited more off of the wagon road because he set up his fucking shell game games and three card money scams up on the white pass if you're on a train you can't get you can't get scammed exactly so he he wasn't as in control of skagway as the legend makes it out to be so what you're saying is he was never the darling of the so-called city fathers who clucked their tongues stroked their beards and talk about what is to be done with this soapy smith Yes. Where did you read that? It's from The Simpsons. Okay. Simpsons. I pulled up the wrong Because it was the monorail. <laughs> yeah. No, oh. it's the one where he gets the giant pile of sugar. sugar. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't, I'm not like you, Marge. I need that. I need the... Dizzying highs. Dizzying the, highs, the terrifying lows, the, the creamy, creamy middles. <laughs> so, a lot of Soapy's legend was, was built on tongue-in-cheek newspapers of the time so when people like called him the uncrowned king of skagway and all this stuff a lot of that stuff was satirical and it was joking around if you lived in that time especially in denver you knew about soapy and you knew their sense of humor like when you read the newspapers soapy's doing his thing it was sort of onion stuff yeah okay and people afterwards use that as sources Oh, and kind wow. of ruined history yeah. because they bought they they totally bought it hook they line and sinker the yeah. they ate the onion they they bought it hook line and sinker and thought that you know soapy they didn't understand the humor of the time and what they were doing yeah. right so there was some stuff that got blown way out of out of proportion with soapy's character and what he was doing in Skagway. He was no king. He didn't do all this crazy shit. People didn't tremble when he walked by, you know, as, as people would make you believe. He was, he That's was, how you sell news stories. Exactly. He right. was a popular, well-known huckster living in the area. Yeah. Yeah. And he tried to keep his head down, too. He too even bad he paid, wasn't. He even paid money to keep his name out of newspapers. Well, too bad he wasn't born now. He could have been president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we basically had one. And, and there's another thing, you know... In Skagway, the same rumors sort of follow him there. Rumors of Soapy's generosity and charity. This all should be taken with a grain of salt. You know, it's said that he helped build a church there. The reverend says, no, he didn't. But then again, is a reverend going to admit he actually received money from someone like Soapy? No. Probably not. Right. You know, so is Soapy going to lie so, about building the church? Yeah, it could go either so way. It could go either it's way. It's either a lie on that end or a lie on that end. Somebody's yeah. lying. Yeah, and and there's, <clears throat> you know, he, he put together a fund for a widow uh, after her husband was killed. And the thing is, is he probably handed her 50 bucks and that was that. But there's like legends that he got the town together. And he raised six hundred dollars for this widow. No, that's not true. He had a new headquarters though, called just you know Jeff Smith's saloon. Oh, it wasn't called like the 
Soap dish? <laughs> I wish. He didn't like his name. He also, <laughs> this is something super crazy. In the back room where, like, he held court, he had an eagle in a cage. Cool. That he named after Robert E. Lee. Oh. Guess which side Soapy was really on. I mean, I mean his parents were really. I mean, we know what's in the name. Confederate. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I don't like being soapy anymore. <laughs> now the but you uh, like being what kind of eagle? Bald. <laughs> it, it it doesn't say. It doesn't say whether it's a golden eagle or a lot not. Of uh, bald. I don't know. I don't know. To be honest with you, I have no idea. Some even say that the eagle was stuffed. <laughs> I mean, this is how crazy this story is. You know, like how how. You, know, you can't really trust anything. He's got a mummy, he's got a stuffed eagle in a cage. Next thing you know, he's got a coke <laughs> monkey hanging out in the back <laughs> yeah. of the saloon. With an organ grinder. The monkey yeah. doesn't do the coke, the monkey just distributes it. It's, <laughs> he should be a, you know, kind of like a provider monkey, not so much a coke monkey. True. I like to think it was a stellar sea eagle. That's the kind of eagle to have at uh, Woodland Park. I, I want to say it was a golden eagle, but it wasn't. Now the situation in Skagway escalated... With a deadly shooting Oof. that has since passed into legend. Mm. So I've heard this story a lot of different ways. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you the legend, but I'm going to tell you the story that I think is most likely. Is it like the OK Corral where it apparently lasted for like 30 seconds? Yeah. I've never been it in a shooting. Way. Yeah. It, it, it's just the events <clears throat> and everything that goes along with it. There's different versions of the story. Yeah. Basically. Sure. Okay. So, Andy McGrath, he liked to drink and gamble, and he liked the company of the so-called soiled doves. Ooh. The prostitutes. The sex workers. Oh, okay. Pigeons. That's what they called them back then, soiled doves. I thought it was like people who like shit their pants. (laughs) If that's what you're into, that's what you're into. And he was having a day of it, too. And he was drinking, he was gambling, he was having a good time. He went upstairs with the prostitute. Yeah. And when he came back down, he resumed. And he became violently ill. And he started puking. And the as I pictured it, I, I, I way pictured like Steve Brule, like, what in the heck was in that whiskey? <laughs> <You know? laughs> because that's how this guy fucking did it. He, he accused the bartender of poisoning him. Not- he did. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, well, yeah. That's what it is. He accused him of poisoning him. He he then was like... like, yeah, you bought poison. Yeah, he was like, where's all my money? It's like, dude, you've been gambling and drinking. You're, you know, like, you don't have any money. It's like, you've been drinking Long Island iced teas all night. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have any money anymore. And so it was way, like, this... The reason why I buy this story so much is that... It just seems like something that still happens because yeah. he accused them of, of robbing him and poisoning him and then he wouldn't leave. He wouldn't leave a place oh. that he accused them of poisoning and robbing him. And they're like, okay, well then get out of here, dude. He's like, no. And he's like, no, I'm not gonna go out of here. Oh, God. And so he was bounced and he was bounced very violently. And oh, of course, this one is of these a, numbers. You can't oh, see it, but I'm doing the. He opened. They, they opened. Yeah, right. They the... opened the door with his head. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he was all bloody and stuff. They beat him up. You got to. Yeah. And he he's outside and he's yelling and he's pointing you know at the at the sky and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna come back with a gun and some friends and I'm gonna I'm gonna get back at you. 
they're like, whatever, dude, sleep it off, man. The owner of the place, I mean, owner being the guy that ran the place, Soapy, sort of. Yeah. He owned the place, pretty much. Right. Although you couldn't, you couldn't find proof that Soapy actually owned anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how he liked it. He liked it that way. But uh, they did a shift change. Because they were like, if he comes back and he doesn't recognize anybody, maybe this will tone down the situation, you know. So, you know, they warned everybody, hey, this guy earlier, we had to bounce him, but he said he was going to come back with some friends or a gun. He's probably just blown off steam, whatever. Right. But just so you know, this is is the case. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, the new bartender, his name was Ed Fay. He's like, all right, yeah, I get it. And, you know, he... Had his gun on him, and he's like, all right, you know, if he, somebody comes back with a gun, you know, I'm going to defend myself, you know. And meanwhile, uh, Andy McGrath is, he's walking around, he's all pissed off, and now, it could have gone two ways. He either met up with the sheriff's deputy as the sheriff's deputy was finishing his dinner. His soup. Yeah, and he saw him, and, or uh, the sheriff's deputy was on his way to his wife's house. Because his wife was giving birth to their first child. Creating. Okay. And, Creating uh, drama. And this guy shows up, and he's all beaten, and he goes, I need to borrow your gun. Hmm. And he goes, oh, shit, okay, well, let's go check this out. You know, like, because this guy claims, Annie McGrath claimed, that he woke up in an alley, beaten and robbed and poisoned because the, the, the prostitute slipped him a Mickey. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? So, I just doubt that's how it happened. I mean, yeah. not that not that I don't think that could have happened. I just think the other story of him coming downstairs and then puking because he was too drunk and then accusing everybody, that just seems way more real. I feel like I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%. We absolutely have seen, have seen pe- that. I've seen people do this. So, I just believe this story more. You know, like... The prostitute, she already got her money. Why does she need to, like, rob him more? Yeah. That, like, the dude's been gambling and drinking all day. He has no more money left, you know? Yeah, so right. He, yeah, I was robbed. No, you weren't, dude. You're just yeah. blackout drunk, man. Yeah. It, it, you it's got a, blackout drunk and lost all your money. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a regular first time in Vegas, first time in Lake Tahoe type situation. Where, yes. Yeah. yeah. So they get back to the to the bar. It was called the People's Theater. They get back there. The new bartender's Ed Fay. And McGrath walks up to Faye, and he just punches him in the face. Wow. Basically showing, I don't give a fuck who's running the joint. Yeah. I'm getting my shit back, you know. And after he punched Ed Faye, he reached into his pocket. And that was the last thing he ever did. Oh, shit. Because Ed Faye is like, oh, shit, his gun. Pulled out his gun and blew him away. Just boom, blew him away. I mean, considering... What he's been told. Yeah, at this exactly. Point. Yeah. yeah, I don't blame him. Punched in the face. Yeah, and like, yeah, and 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 the sheriff's deputy, his name was James Rowan. He goes shit and pulls out his gun, but Ed Fay just turns and blows him away Whoa. because he didn't realize that he was a sheriff's deputy. <laughs> oh no! So he just boom, and there was there was a drunk that was asleep at a table. <laughs> And he wakes up to gunshots, and he goes, shit, pulls out his gun, and he's been drinking, and he just starts shooting around the room. He shot one just guy standing there through the legs. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, There's a gunfight happening. People are running out. Ed Fay runs out the back door because people are shooting. Yeah. And like they're like, oh, he's running. Ed Fay's running. You know, he shot a fucking sheriff's deputy. And like people are mad. 
you know, as like things are starting to cool down because James Rowan is a new father and James Rowan died on the spot. And they're like, we have a new widow who has, you know, this man had a child and they were out for blood and they wanted to hang this guy. No, these oh guys God. were straightening their ties with the Yeah, wow. Guy. Now, the legend is, is that Ed Fay went to Soapy, and Soapy intervened and saved him from the noose. That's not true. Cool heads prevailed, and Ed Fay was taken to Sitka, which at that time was the capital of the Alaska Territory, basically. And he was taken back down to the south to stand for his crime. There's one story that says he was let off on self-defense. There's another story that said he went to prison. I've heard it a bunch of different ways. Anyway, people say that Soapy saved him from the noose. Again, it's just one of those things that says Soapy had more control over Skagway than he really did. Yeah. Right. Uh, a lot like... Well, it sells a good story. Yeah, and, and uh, something I kept thinking about like as, go, as I was going through this story, like remember during like the BLM protests... I had family from Idaho and friends from Idaho that were like, oh, that place is crazy. It's lawless. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, no, it's not. If you think about Skagway like that, that's exactly how Skagway was. Is that, yeah, 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 stuff was happening for sure. Yeah. But it didn't mean Skagway was lawless. It didn't mean this, you know, all this stuff. You know, they had the marshal paid off. They had certain people paid off. Apparently, like, my parents told me, and this is just... An isolated thing. I don't know how what it says about everything, but like, people asked my parents about Seattle after the inaugura- inauguration, and they yeah. were like, "Oh, it must be really bad over there." And they're like, "No, oh, there's been nothing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love it when somebody tries to tell me what's happening. In oh the no, city that's that happening. Yeah, yeah. Where they yeah. where they're like, "Oh, Seattle's it was a it's a lawless like." Also, I love that before the election, where they're like, I'm not going to vote for Biden because I like my cities to not be ruined. I was like, you know, Trump's the president. Right he was now. the president right. during when that. this yeah. was happening. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. How did how dumb do you got to be you're gonna to blame, blame it, the next president? Yeah. If you're going to blame it on happening. any president, shouldn't it be the sitting president? Well, and also blaming the. <laughs> well, they used to, they stopped blaming the last president, I guess. Yeah. They're like, it's yeah. too close. We're going to get a new president. Let's just blame it on him. Yeah. But also blaming the president for what's happening on the state level is kind of ridiculous. For something that, yeah, I mean, come on, it, yeah. But but again, if you're going to blame the president on something on social unrest, wouldn't you blame a sitting president? So that's think of think of Skagway at this time is sort of in that in that way that like Soapy was not nearly as powerful as as they make him out to be. But the reason they do that is because it does make for a better story. Mm-hmm. Because Skagway, at some point, the lawlessness of the Wild West, the myth of the Wild West, has to be re- redeemed in blood. You know, that's the myth of the Wild West. That lawlessness has to be redeemed through bloodshed mm-hmm. by, by people that um, saw no better way to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, you need a good guy with a gun. Exactly. Yes, this is the myth of the Old West. It's not totally true. Anyway, because, I mean, think about Denver. They closed all the saloons and dance halls and told the Bunko men to leave. and They left. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there's plenty of of things. Anyway, but this was sort of at the height of Soapy's power, really. There was the outbreak of the uh, Spanish-American War during this time, and Soapy wrote a letter to President McKinley. And he asked 
if he could form his own militia uh, for the war. And so they could get government-issued guns and training and all that stuff. And he called himself captain. And, and the reason why he could call himself captain is because he appointed himself captain. But he also pointed to another story that is probably totally bullshit where he offered our old buddy Porfirio Diaz ah, a oh. bunch of money to become like captain of some sort of militia and go down and Mexico. help him. And mm. Porfirio Diaz just probably just didn't answer. Yeah. But that whole story is probably bullshit anyway. Anyway, he was a captain quote-unquote, of this militia. But the thing is, is it was never actually totally recognized by the United States. In fact, they don't list it anywhere. If you were to look for it, there's no official listing of Jefferson Smith as a captain in the military. Mm -hmm. But they had all the accoutrements to present this. So there was, you know, a Memorial Day parade, uh, that it was said Soapy uh, led, and a 4th of July parade that they said Soapy led as the grand marshal of the parade. None of that's true. He was in the parade, but he didn't lead it. He didn't lead the parade. In fact, there's a picture of him on his horse, quote-unquote, in the parade. But if you look at his surroundings, you notice that he's actually traveling south, which is back to oh, the against, end of the parade? Like the <laughs> right direction? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in the wrong direction. So he didn't lead any parades, and he wasn't in with the governor. He wasn't in with, like, the big people uh, of Skagway. In fact, the leaders of that town, which is the Vigilance Committee, the Committee of 101, they didn't like Soapy. In fact, they posted something after all of this that said, all bunko men and sure thing men and confidence men need to leave Skagway. And Soapy took it personally, and he instead formed his own committee of 317. Bunko men. Yes, and it was all his men. But he called it 317, not because he had 317, because some other sources say like, oh, it's 330, it was 301, it was 302, whatever. But, But he called it 317 because the address of Jeff Smith's parlor in Skagway was 317. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Right. You're saying she killed 88 I was thinking that, too. Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> yes. I was like, I don't think there's actually nah, 88. there's not 88 of them. They just thought it sounded cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but the fact that he went from in a parade, you know, and all this stuff. I guess there was a brass band, but they had no time to practice together, so they sucked but it was loud. Nice. <laughs> That's all they needed. Sounds matters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he was in a parade, and that that was a thing. Uh, cool. And it, it it led to this more legend making, and the, it seems like the more we go in the soapy story, the more shit is made up. It's like taped together bullshit. It is mm. uh, by newspapers that are sometimes joking, you know, and people whose accounts don't match up, and we're going to kind of get into that right here. The the Soap Gang really fucked up by robbing the wrong Stampeder, the wrong Klondiker. He was coming back from the Klondike Goldfields with a gold poke. You know what a gold poke is? Uh, he got some gold? It's a it's a pouch of gold. That's oh, a gold go. poke. No okay. So he had a poke of gold. He was uh, going through Skagway, and there was a couple of uh, Soapy's Hucksters, 
uh, include, including Slim Jim. They stopped him because they had heard that he had got some gold, and they posed as Eastern speculators uh, looking to invest in people's claims. Mm-hmm. And they wanted proof that uh, there was really gold. And he's like, well, it's back at my hotel. And they're like, go get it and show us. We'll wait here. And, uh, you know, we'll buy you drinks, dude. It's on us. You know what I mean? Totally on us. And he's like, okay, whatever. So he goes back and he gets the gold. Another one of their shills poses as like an old sourdough. Mm -hmm. And he steps in and he, he goes, you know, he takes it and he goes, oh, he goes, yeah, I, I was told it was worth about 2500 bucks, And he goes, oh, no. Man, this is worth about three grand." And he goes, honestly, sell to these guys because they're paying better prices than anyone else. You know, and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay you a markup, you know. The dude's like, okay, okay, you know, he's listening. And the guy that was holding his gold poke ran out the back door. Nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah, and the, right. guy, the guy panics and he chases after him. Dude's gone. And he goes back in the bar, same place he just was. Rest of the guys are gone. <laughs> and he, starts, he starts frantically asking around, like the bartenders and everyone else that works there. You know like, Do you see that guy? You... And they're like, Are you sure you have the right bar? And he's like, I was just, I was just here. You saw me. I got a beer from you. And they're like, No, I don't remember Once any again, of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just here. We were all doing it. We were all having a good time. We're in this together. <laughs> This guy starts to make, like, a fuss, and he goes to the marshal. Marshal's been paid off by Soapy. He goes to the marshal, and the marshal's like, what happened? He goes, I I gave my gold poke to a to an old miner guy. And he's like, what do you look like? He looked like an old miner. And, that, like, as he was saying it, he, like, felt really dumb. And the marshal's like, yeah, a lot of dudes that look like that right now. Maybe you should just go back to the Klondike and find another gold poke, dude. Oh, Jesus. And the, yeah, that guy's like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. So he starts to raise more of a stink. And the committee of 101, they knew that the marshal was paid off. So they start forming meetings and stuff. And they're like, what do we do about this? And they go to Soapy because he knew, you know, they all knew that Soapy fucking had stakes in all these saloons and dance halls and stuff. They're like, we know it was your guys. Yeah. Right. Give them the gold back. And Soapy's like, if the motherfucker lost gold, he lost it in a fair game of chance. <laughs> oh, and that's how it fucking works. And he straight up goes like, again, I'm doing a public service. If someone's that dumb to lose their gold like this, then they would have lost it anyway. They would have lost it a different way. Why not me? Like, I'm just, you know, why not somebody else profiting off of, off of them losing their Such gold? Such a dick. Yeah. And, <laughs> And he just, he got really salty about it. He's like, fuck that, dude. I didn't steal the gold personally. They're like, yeah, but you did. did. Yeah, they're like, yeah, but you did. And he's like, okay, yeah, well, whatever. You know, but they started to like having more meetings and he knew that they were having meetings and he started to like get more and more pissed off. And uncharacteristically, he started drinking a lot. Now he got drunk a few times and he was a mean drunk, but he didn't get drunk often. And he was just sitting around, you know, in, in his parlor getting drunk. And he heard that they were having another meeting. The Vigilance Committee, Committee of 101, were having a meeting down on the Juno Wharf. And he wasn't invited. And he just, it stewed and festered in him. He just got drunker and drunker and more pissed off. And so he, finally, he was drunk as fuck and he stood up and he 
picked up his Winchester rifle. He had his Colt on his hip and a Derringer up his sleeve. You got to. Wow. And, and he, and he's like, you know, if they want to, if they want a fucking piece of me, I'll fucking give it to them. You know, if they want a war, I'll give it to them. Right. And like cocked his gun, like started walking down the street. And like his gang like followed him, but like far behind. They, like, they didn't uh, want, they were like a little freaked out by him a little bit. Dad's mad, but yeah. we need to see what's going on. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. And one of the business owners who was really friendly with Soapy, uh, him and his whole family were friendly with Soapy. He tried stopping him. And he goes, look, don't go down there, dude. They're they're mad, you know, don't go down there. And he, like, shoves him aside, and he's like, fuck that, you know, I'm gonna go down. And the dude stepped aside, and he goes, if you want to get down there, and you want to fucking get killed, then go for it. Yeah, have fun. Yeah, and so he keeps going down, you know, going down there. Standing in front, like, sort of guarding the wharf, is one of the city's founders. His name is Frank Reed. And Frank Reed was the surveyor that sort of laid out, helped lay out the town. He was very respected. He was there, and he was like, you're not getting in, dude. And he goes, you know, any of you goddamn sons of bitches, you know, you're going to get a fucking you bullet You some bitches. Head. Yeah, and people called it his last bluff, you know, because he was standing right there. Right. And there was a struggle, and the struggle has been conveyed in a multitude of ways, literally a lot of different ways, like five or six different ways. One of them was the thumb wrestle. Yeah, yeah, thumb war. Uh, but but there was a struggle over the Winchester. Frank Reed pulled down the Winchester, and Frank Reed pulled out his gun, and and pointed it at Soapy, and pulled the trigger. Oh, and it went click. God, that's what. Damn. It old, was a misfire. Oh, old, old ass, that happens so much in yeah. old ass guns. Yeah, and uh, it's like the dude who tried to shoot uh, Andrew Jackson. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And Andrew Jackson beat him with a cane, and well, as an old man, Soapy said, and I quote: "The last words he ever spoke were, my God, don't shoot.'" <laughs> and then there was more struggle over the guns, and a couple of shots were fired. One one shot went through Reed. You know, there's a few different shots. But Soapy was shot through the side. The thing is, is, is everybody said, oh, Frank Reed shot him, you know, and, and killed Soapy because Soapy died instantly. Mm-hmm. And Frank Reed was also hit, and he died 12 days later uh, in agony. And a broken was, heart. Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, this, the, he, you know, he was the hero of Skagway. But there was another man. That was on the wharf that day with a gun. Gunny McGunnerson. His <laughs> his name was Jesse Murphy, mm. and he was an Irish immigrant, and he was a day laborer, and it, he's so not well known that you can't even really find you can't find him in census data. You can't find him anywhere else. But in the first like like people that watched it, like they wrote in their diaries that night that they saw. Jesse Murphy shoot Soapy Smith. Because the thing is, is Soapy was shot through the left side and like the Frank Reed's gun was on the other side. It it would have been really hard to shoot Soapy on that side. Right. You know what I mean? And have the bullet his head went back and to the and, left. Yeah, and have yes. a, and have a <laughs> and have a bullet come out, you know. And there was also an autopsy, and the autopsy said that you know, the caliber of bullet was even wrong from Frank Reed's gun. But everyone just sort of settled on Frank Reed and said 
he is the one that redeemed Skagway. You know, blood for blood, he he turned Skagway from lawlessness into a respectable city. Did the guy ever get his gold poke back? I'm going to get to that. Okay. Oh. So, so the uncrowned king of Skagaway was dead. Soapy Smith was dead, and all of a Good sudden... Good riddance. Law, yeah, law hey, came... Hey, that's me. Law came... Not anymore. You became a horrible person. <laughs> law, law... Power corrupted you. <laughs> law came back to Skagway. Uh, but the thing was... It, I mean, if you look at the murder rates in Skagway versus Dawson or anywhere else, they're pretty much the same. Especially afterwards, they're pretty much the same. You know, all that stuff. It's yeah. a it's a it's a bunch of bullshit by the papers of the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can were just they say bad? You want. Were they bad people? Yeah, 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 yeah. They were bad people, but they had nowhere near the amount of power that they would lead you to believe. Now the guys gold poke. They did find it in Soapy's stuff, but they had spent some of it for him. They had to take a bunch of money out, you know, to pay for Soapy's hastily done funeral right. which only few people attended and the uh, the minister that was uh, presiding over it you know he has a famous quote that's you know the life of the transgressor is hard you know and then he called soapy that fiend in hell you know and they <laughs> buried him they buried him sort of away from everyone else mm. in the cemetery so it wouldn't grift the corpses yeah, they just didn't want the bad guy buried buried amongst them, basically. Yeah. But now it's the most popular place for tourists to go in Skagway is Soapy's yeah. grave. Not so much Frank Reed's grave, even though like Frank Reed's grave is big. He has like this big headstone. Soapy has a wood headstone, and the original they've replaced. I would and imagine like, the wood, right. a there, wood one wouldn't have lasted this time. And yeah, there was a bunch of graffiti on the original one, you know, and all this stuff, and they they have it. You know, somewhere safe, but they haven't like put up. Uh, years later, uh, on the side of like the mount, like the rock face that's right in front of Skagway, some guys thought it'd be funny to paint a skull on the side of it and put like Soapy Smith on the side. Jeez. And and the legend was is that like we got rid of our ne'er do well, and it was sort of a warning yeah. to to anyone else. That's not true. It was a joke, mm-hmm. and it's still there to this day. But yeah, like the skull sort of, you know, supposed to be like, no yeah. more bunko men around here. I saw the here. pictures. Right. On, uh, this is what happens yeah. to bunko men when they show up in our town. Yeah. They become skulls. Piles yeah. of skulls. Yeah. Rock and roll. Baby. <laughs> Each uh, individual person becomes a pile of skulls. I have a skull gun. Yeah. No, turns them into skulls. Yeah. No ribs. <laughs> no spines. Skulls all the time, <laughs> and, and the inventor of that weapon's name was Todd McFarlane. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I like giggled. <laughs> so chains and bats and skulls. So July eighth, eighteen ninety eight, the nefarious, the infamous Jefferson Randolph Soapy Smith was killed on the Juno Wharf at the age of thirty eight. Wow. Thirty eight years young. Yeah. On the heels of his own legend, as he died. Wow. Fucking I hey. think that he deserved to die, and he should have died sooner. <laughs> yeah, I think he deserves to die, and hope he burns in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> and if he was as good of a bunko man as he uh, kind of fancied himself to be, he would have faked his own death and started a new operation somewhere else. And he yeah. didn't, so he wasn't that good. 
a good riddance. Oh, maybe he did so, fake his own death. Maybe he's that so, good. Yeah, maybe he is. One Lucendo, his wife Mary, didn't hear from him for a while. Because so you just write to her and send her money. Right. And he told Mary, don't believe I'm dead unless you see my body. Like we were saying earlier. Yeah. You mm. know, don't believe I'm dead unless you see my he body. He fell into the mist. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> So Mary, after a few months of not hearing from him, gets worried and starts believing stories in the newspapers that Soapy's dead. So she spends all of her savings to take her and her son up to Skagway to figure out what happened. And she gets there and she's asking around and people are like, she's asking about Soapy, you know, and like they don't want to answer and stuff. And she finally finds somebody that will answer, like the new marshal. They're like, yeah. Uh, he's dead, he's buried over there, and confirmed he was dead, and she's like, well, didn't he have assets, he had money that, that is lawfully mine, and she didn't want to seem greedy, but, but it's true, like, didn't he have something? Right. And they're like, look, we found a small amount of money in his case that was his, quote-unquote, that had to be spent for his funeral, had to be spent for probate, had to be spent for a few other things, and gave her a very small amount of money. And they're like... See ya. Peace. She was penniless. Jesus She arrived Christ. in Skagway, realized her husband was killed, and they gave her like 30 she, bucks and shoot her she away. She basically spent all her money to get there. Yeah. Oh, is this final and, grift? Yeah. And, he grifted his wife. Well, and she's like, how, how am I supposed to get back home? And all these guys popped out and they're like, I can show you the way back for a certain amount of money. Well, well, most of Soapy's gang was rounded up afterwards. Okay. Mm. And, and arrested. Probably and for the best. time. Yeah. Get those I, guys off the streets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of these guys were wanted for murder in some places. Oh, you know Icebox. Yeah, yeah. Icebox, big, big Ed Burns. Big Ed Burns. He, he actually did kill somebody. She was like, how am I supposed to get home? Luckily, there was a guy that was captain of a steamship. Dynamite Johnny. Oh, hey, Dynamite Johnny. Dynamite Johnny became fucking the new husband? No. He, oh. he, he said, listen, uh, your husband was really good to me uh, in a time that I needed him most. And I will take you back to Seattle for free. That's the oh. least I can do. Dynamite. Yeah. Dynamite. Yeah. And that's the myth and legend of old... Soapy Smith. Oh, he threw that shit before got in the room. Please. Goddamn right. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Yeah. He was he was a bunko man, I, man. I, I love a good bunko man, but at the same time... When we hear the reality of a good bunko man... Yeah. You realize all the people that he bunkoed. We, we joke about how, like, there's a lot of times where you'll start talking about somebody and we're like, oh, he's an alcoholic. Cool. He's a cool guy. And you're like... No. no. Yeah. Alcoholics don't have a good track record, Chris. <laughs> Alcoholics, drifters, bunko men, most politicians. Sure thing, men. Yeah, Confidence sure. men. Yeah. They're all they're all a bunch of fucking Everybody has an angle. Yeah. Everybody has an angle. Keep that in mind. Like that's something Soapy knew from a from a, that's something to really learn from Soapy. Yeah. Is that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you're doing, everyone has an angle. Dude, everyone's an working angle? an angle. It's going pretty well. Yeah. I got an angle. It's 45 degrees if you're my wife on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Talking about my erect, the angle at my erection would point. It'd be straightforward at a 45 degree That's angle. That's not what a 45 degree angle is. What, what, oh, wait, what, 90, 90 degree. 90 degree. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, sorry, 45 degrees is way way too low. Way too low. I was, like, too he's high. Sitting, I was like, he's sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a point at an angle. 
Yeah, that's that's perpendicular. I want a ninety degree. You want at least ninety degrees. Nine degrees yes. is ideal. Yeah, I mean you could do. Like, I can work with eighty. Yeah. <laughs> you need you need to get that ninety eight degrees. Oh. Ah, I, I don't even know where we're gonna go from here. We have. We have so many stories to tell. I, I no, I, that's all the stories of history. <laughs> that's yeah. all of history. And that's history, we, folks. We yeah. did them all. And close then, the book on Jerry that. Jerry just closed the book, guys. So. <laughs> you heard the, it. The show's over. Yeah. yeah. See it. We're all going to go back to working at a bank or whatever we do. I'm going to go, uh, <laughs> I don't know, slum it. Yeah. You know, live under a bridge. We're going to start a new podcast. And it's going to be... Bridgecast. I'm going to start scamming people. <laughs> Welcome to the scam. I'm play three-card Monty under the bridge. Who's going to go under a bridge to get grifted? Uh, have you seen Under the Bridges of Seattle right now? There's so many people there. Oh, yeah, that's true. But Probably those not. are the grifters. Yeah. They don't have any money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's why they're down there. I bet you could find we some... We have a homelessness crisis in this fucking I bet city. You could fi- I bet you could find some muscle and some uh, operation down there if you yeah. want to put your point. mind to it. That's that's, that's the American dream. I, I, I'm going to go down to the bridges and hire me some muscle. Yeah. If you know exactly. what I mean. Yeah, you could, get, you could get names like Icebox Murphy down there, I'm sure. Well, for they're, a guy they're, they're usually Ice Vein Murphy. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's drugs. On account of the drugs. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a huge opiate crisis in this country. Anyway. Okay, it's not good. It's Thanks, a lot uh, of crisis. Th- th- <laughs> crises. Th- th- thank yeah. you to uh, the CIA uh, and... Uh, our government. pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> yes, th- thank, you, thank you so much for all that. Like, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of floored with how crazy this whole Klondike story ramped up to yeah. Mr. Soapy Smith. It was, it was all leading to Soapy Smith. It's pretty cool. It's all, yeah. all paths. Yeah. I, I barely said Soapy Sales. Soupy sales. Soupy sales. Now you can't say soapy. You can't not <laughs> say soapy. You get stuck with one or the other. Yeah, you do. You it it's it's a sticky one. The first time I tried to say um, soapy <laughs> Smith in the podcast, I said soupy sales. Oh, soapy, aka soupy, aka sales. One of them had a puppet. AKA Smith. Smith. AKA Smith. <laughs> Both of them had puppets. Have you ever seen them in the same room? It's a real Batman Bruce Wayne situation. I was thinking uh, <laughs> Guy Fieri, uh, Violent J from Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. Or oh, Bod- Bodacious or the... Riptide from, from, uh... from Smash Mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the lead singer of Smash Mouth. That's Bodacious Riptide. Bodacious Riptide. <laughs> yes. It's a refract article. So anyway, gang, we're the History Boys. I'm Christopher Whedon. I am a History Boy. And that's all I have to say. I am, uh... Tyler, I'm a trout. I'm a confidence man. I'm a flim flammer. Uh, I'm a, uh, a bojangler. Uh, whatever the rest of them are. I'm She's like a, a thumb dinger. I'm, uh, I'm a, oh, okay. a Jim Janger. Uh, a thimble walloper. Uh, also like a... An ear boxer. Uh, yeah, ear boxer, oh. su- soup spangler, and the rest. Yeah. A stew miner. Stew miner. Now that I can get I'm into. I'm going to some stew. Yeah. Oh, man. Put a bone in there, you got yourself a stew, baby. Yeah. I want to mine some stew, and that stew is going to be mine. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the dumbest joke you've ever made. But it's funny. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You mean best joke? Yeah. Uh, I am Zach Mech, uh, and like a uh, piece of fine china, I am now covered in dust because of how long we've sat here. And I'm a history boy. (laughs) We'll get you at next Christmas. Yeah. We'll get you at it, yeah. 
When we have the when we have the family over. Ooh. <laughs> and I am Jerry Nash, history boy. Thank you so much again for listening. We got uh, two new patron pals. Ooh. We got ourselves Bronson, aka the Chronic Keeper. The Chronic Keeper. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much, Bronson. Thank you so much, Bronson. It's so fucking rad having you Bronson, on. Bronson, we love having you. Love seeing you on the Discord. Oh yeah, yeah. it's so great. Uh, and secondly, we got Jason. Jason, Jason. Kurtz, 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 and looking around, and I, like right in front of me, like like six feet in front of me, the this guy emerged from the crowd, and it was Jason Kurtz, and I immediately gave him a hug. That sounds like <laughs> <Kurtz>. nice. <laughs> he's a huggable man. Yeah, I'd hug him right now if he wasn't in. Uh, I don't know where he's. If I had my stuff with me. Yeah, if, and by stuff I mean Jason Kurtz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, thank you guys so much for uh, for becoming a patron pal, and thank means you for a lot to us. Uh, interacting on the Discord. If you want to help fund this operation, uh, go to patreon.com slash historyboyspodcast and you can join us on the Discord. We yeah. do a monthly hangout with the beers of the boys. Um, we're always yep. on there just making poop and pee jokes and talking about history. It's great. I'm thinking about... Uh, I, I was, I only, I'm bringing up this up live, but I'm thinking about changing the name to Suds with the Buds. Ooh, I like, I like that. that. <laughs> There's gonna be suds. There's gonna be buds. You know, suds with buds. I I dig quite a bit because I am a sucker for alliteration and a rhyme scheme. And I buds. also and puds. Puds with a Z. Suds with the puds. <laughs> Anyone can show up. You don't have to have a pud to have suds with the puds. No. And nor will you see any puds at suds with the puds. But you got to be aware of that. We are. We do all have puds, just flaccid, gross, <laughs> like, tiny Jesus penises. Jesus Christ! Every I have a smaller mirror that's at a waist waist height, and I look at what I'm dealing with, and it's depressing. I deal with it every day. <laughs> uh, I also want to say thank you uh, to all those uh, other podcasts that are very nice of a uh, nice to us on. Uh, Follow that with puds. On, uh, yeah, on uh, social medias, uh, particularly t- Twitter, uh, the time tra- travel talks. Uh, everyone involved with that are just uh, amazing people. Uh, I just want to say just another thank you to them. They're very nice to us. Uh, all their podcasts are great. Honestly, we can be found. I don't know if a lo- if a lot of our uh, listeners know this, but there is a place to listen to us and a bunch of other indie history podcasts. Tell them about it, Jerry. It's called HistoryPods.com. Oh. And you can listen to a bunch of other podcasts that we know. We know them, and we like them, and we support each other. Um, if, if you guys got the online, you go to historypods.com, and you check out all the different history podcasts that are uh, floating around out there. And you can just, it's literally, you don't even got to pan for, for the podcast. You just, you literally can just find podcasts right on the ground. They're nuggets right nuggets, on the ground. Nuggets right on the ground. It's, scooped up. And this gold rush is real. Nice. <laughs> Follow us on, on the Facebook, on the Instagram, on the Twitter. Tell your friends, tell, tell your enemies. Tell your friends. Yeah, uh, 
Especially your enemies. <laughs> tell tell your friends just so, you know, you and your friend have something to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Are you start tired of sitting in, in the dark with your friends in silence? Yeah. You can talk to them about a podcast. You, you can talk talk to them about us. You it's like, I, I, I spend 80 hours a week sitting in the dark with my friends in total silence. Yeah. It'd be nice to have something to talk it'd about. Nice, it'd be nice to have something to talk about on our weekends out. Uh, <laughs> antiquing. Are you yeah. dead serious about crawling out of this pandemic, seeing your friends, family, loved ones face to face, and fucking scared shitless that you're not going to have anything to talk to them about because you've been sharing everything on social media. And so you're yeah. going to get there. You're going to want to have a conversation. You need something to talk about. You you listen to our podcast. You listen to the other podcast at historypods.com. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you take that information. And instead of saying, hey, have you watched this on Netflix? Have you watched this on Hulu? You take that. You throw that in the trash. Throw that in the trash. No history. one's going to listen to the show you want to fucking watch. Yeah. We've all seen all the, it. All the TV shows. Yeah. Everyone watches those. And if, if you're not already watching that TV show, guess what? You're not gonna watch it ever. Yep. No. So yeah. just listen to a list. Tell your friends to listen to a fucking podcast. Listen to better us. than any of these. Nobody wants shows. to hear about your Big Bang theories. No. No. Or your <laughs> young Sheldons. Yeah. Or okay? your um. Or your CSI Miami's. Yeah. Your old. What are the Sheldons? shows? I don't know. All so, the shows on TV yeah. right now. Don't. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Piccolo, MD. Uh, yeah. On Thursdays on CBS coming yeah. up. Yeah. From uh, Dragon Ball Z, yeah. he's gonna be a doctor. Uh, on mm. nine, my favorite dad. Nine actually. o'clock Central Time. He's gonna tell you to vac- get vaccinated, <laughs> uh, yeah. which yes. you should get vaccinated. Uh, people. My number two uh, is one week from today, gang. Good, good, good for you. I'm scheduled. I'm scheduled, so that's good. And of course, you can tell the world about us, and new prospective listeners. If you give us a five star review wherever you listen to us at, you can tell the world in, in, instead of other people you know. Maybe you told all your friends and they're not interested, so you tell the whole world. Get new friends. Fuck Get em. new friends, because fuck those friends. Those friends are lame if they don't town. like us. Move yeah, out of yeah. town. Get some global friends. Change your name. Your... Fake your own death. Change your name. Move out of town. Get some new friends. Introduce yeah. them to our podcast. Yes. And yes. then do that again and again until and, everyone knows. Or, or to cut out the middleman, just leave us a five-star review or whatever. Yeah, you could do that. Or subscribe easier. and do all that stuff. That helps us out immensely. I'm just saying to like my, my friend who he tragically passed away... All he ever talked about was our podcast, and then he disappeared. We don't even know where the body went. No. Uh, I heard he changed his name uh, to one of our names, and he's living our he life total in a different country. reconstructive cosmetic surgery in every every five years, and looks like a different man. And yes. the one thing he didn't get reconstructed is his opinions on podcasts. He still loves the show. <laughs> <laughs> he likes one podcast. All right, all right. Before I forget, uh, also want to shout out to Brandon and the guys over at cold storage uh go and check their dj sets out every saturday night at uh twitch uh just look up cold storage replace that o and cold with a zero and every saturday night at i believe it's eight o'clock mountain time you can hear some super sick djs spinning some awesome electronic music be it drum and bass house techno you got it. They got it. Whatever you want, they fucking spin that shit. Super good stuff. Check them out. Love you. Bye. Without a lot of fun, we'll see you next time.
Thank you.